It's finally here, season three of the AE Podcast. Hello everyone, it's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin Mahan. Before we get stuck into King of the Ring 2001 and season three, the kind of season that you wish we did instead of The Rock's return, I have a very huge, massive announcement to make. If you've not heard it already, here's your chance to finally get on board and get going with this because we are doing our first ever live show. The AE Podcast will be live in King's Place on the 9th of September in jolly old London, England. Tickets are available now as part of the London Podcast Festival. You can get them from kingsplace.co.uk or you can head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. There's an event page there that is full of details. Obviously, as it's our first ever live show, we want to see as many of the Glad Gay community out there as possible. And it's not just us that are going to be there. There is a multi-buy discount, so if you buy multiple tickets to multiple shows on the podcast festival, you get 15% off. And if you want to see Attitude Era Podcasts live, I have a sneaking suspicion you wouldn't mind going along and seeing How To Wrestling live. Yes, like Seth Rollins, I'm hoisting the London Podcast Festival on my back, and hopefully my knee doesn't buckle under the pressure of doing double duty on the same day. How To Wrestling Live, Attitude Era Podcast Live, as well as that, you've got Jim Smallman with Tuesday Night Jaw, the New Generation Podcast, Gorilla Position, and many more. An entire day of live wrestling podcasts, but we know you want to come and see your boys, Kevin, Adam, and Billy. Take the stage for the first time ever. Find out which one of us is real and which one of us is just clever use of CGI. Will people finally cop that Billy is just a fictional character created by me and Adam in a drunken stupor? Come to the King's Place on the 9th of September to find out but for now enjoy season three of the AE podcast Welcome to the Attitude Era Podcast, Season 3, and we're doing what people probably hoped we were doing last time <laughs> Not until you eat your rock vegetables. We're doing the invasion! We're going to start here today at King of the Ring 2001, and we're going to be going all the way through to Survivor Series and the Raw After, and a few side roads and pit stops along the way, I'm sure. Hello once again, I'm Cowboy Kevin Mann. Joined as I am always by the man who lets the coffee hit the floor, Adam Bibolo. Hey man. I was hoping we'd go. <laughs> You're a terrible barista. It's a person who orders their coffee and then sat down and you walk up, your coffee's ready! <laughs> and to my right, unquestionably, he is the baddest man on the planet and he's in his pajamas, so get ready for some serious insight today. I think when you got your pajamas on, that's like your your pure form. Right? I think so, especially because they've got Kermit the Frog and Animal from the Muppets on. Which, as we all know, are integral parts yeah. of the post attitude era. Yeah. It's uh, Billy Keeble. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Looking forward to this. I think we should probably you know get us all like set up, make sure everyone is. Uh, knows we're all at the same point here because obviously we had all seen the stuff we were talking about most recently before which was The Rock's return but just so we're back on the level footing me, Kevin, watched all of this growing up hadn't watched any WCW really other than a few bits here and there and 
was basically a victim of WCW propaganda. ECW was something that I only knew about in terms of, here's a video of the coolest dressing ever and you're not allowed to watch it. Oh, it's on late on Bravo. So I thought ECW was the coolest motherfucking thing ever, but I knew relatively little about it. Adam, where did you stand in all of this? Uh, still watching mostly full-time. I was going off wrestling at this point because of the whole Austin heel turn, but yes. I still watched the entire Invasion era start to finish. Same as you, I didn't watch WCW. I had the whole sort of like poisoned against them. Like I knew one guy that did like WCW when we fell out over it. <laughs> uh, and I never, never watched ECW either. I was pure WWF through and through. But I've not watched any of this since. I only watched it back then. I've not went back and looked at Invasion again. Were you aware of ECW around this time? Yeah, I knew about yeah. them. I knew of them and the whole idea behind it. And I knew its reputation, but I just... You know, never saw it myself. Yeah, it's pretty good that obviously Paul Heyman was doing his job on commentary, who you know mentions ECW literally. At the top. Here comes Molly Holly. She's taking on Trish Stratus. Let me tell you about ECW, <laughs> sir. Let me tell you, Billy. What have you seen of if of any of any of this? I have seen one match from this pay per view before. That was Curtin Shane. I'm Curtin Shane. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think I've seen anything else from this time. So you obviously hadn't watched it. You start watching, you know. Uh, I'm still five years removed from the Punjabi <laughs> prison. <laughs> match, so. Yeah, seriously. When you start watching, it's just a matter of interest, like Punjabi prison stuff like mm. that. Um, sorry, it's literally it's like the new canon is that Punjabi prison is what made Billy a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What got him into you know, he was just you know, sitting around it, in a grey room it, it in Cheshire. Didn't get me there, and it comes on TV. But it helped me stay. <laughs> <laughs> but were you aware of like WCW or ECW at all at the time? No, I was barely even aware of the WWF. Mm. I li- like literally the only exposure before I started watching wrestling in 2006 that I had to wrestling is I remember I went to like Cub Scouts. And we all played like hockey inside the uh, the place where we did it, and everyone gave each other wrestlers' names, right. and it made no sense to me. <laughs> like, so someone just pointed at me and said, "You're the Undertaker." And then for the whole time we're playing hockey, people go, oh, Triple H, pass it here. Undertaker, defend it. I'm just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm the Undertaker? It's great. Billy's basically, his character was late 99 divorce Undertaker. (laughs) Come on, Undertaker, come out here. You'll be with Midian and Viscera. I don't want to play. But you can wear your jeans and your bandana. Hockey sucks. I hate my wife. (laughs) (laughs) So our new storyline we're starting today at King of the Ring 2001 people might be wondering what happened between uh, you know the end of the Attitude Era which is WrestleMania 17 and now I mean the most important thing that happened was at the end of WrestleMania 17 where we all left off a young Stone Cold Steve Austin and a young Vince McMahon they were shaking hands with each other. Vince AKA, turned face. He did, yeah. The devil, himself, the devil himself turned face. And then, of course, we had to deal with the aftermath of that, uh, them urinating on the rock. <laughs> One I wanted to probably ask you, Adam, it's something we touched on when we did WrestleMania 17. The whole uh, idea and notion of people simply stopping watching wrestling mm. because of a heel turn. Is that something that you witnessed or knew yes. about? I knew people that had just like outright, well, I'm not watching wrestling anymore. And to me, that was like, well, but we were such big wrestling fans. Like, we've invested all these years and like money in the toys and everything. Yeah. Like, 
I'm hurt about it as well, but you can't just give up straight away. And that's why I like tried to carry on watching. By WrestleMania 18, I'd stopped as well. It's sad. I think there's nothing worse, particularly when you're a kid. And I mean, if you're a youngster listening to this and you've got your internet and you've got your fucking ability to reach out and chat with like-minded people mm. very easily or watch videos of people discussing it or listen to podcasts, it's almost like having friends of your own. But back in the day when you were a kid and if you're like one or two mates who stopped watching wrestling, Mm-hmm. stop watching wrestling watching wrestling became the fucking worst because it's already you're a pariah for watching wrestling the four or five of you yeah. and then you're on your fucking own like. that's where the real stigma starts and yeah like after 17 it was sort of like I was still watching it but yeah just kept quiet like yeah. those people were like used to watch wrestling isn't that for little kids aren't we a bit old for that now it was awful for me because like well, I came in like I was in boarding school my first year in boarding school it was WrestleMania 17 and it was like the most amazing thing because like all the older students who are like you know in doing their A-levels and stuff they all were watching wrestling all like the year sevens we were all watching wrestling all talking about Rock and Austin the Dudleys the Hardys it was like this great unifying thing and then I remember WrestleMania 17 a load of guys got in trouble for staying up late to watch it I didn't because I was young and cool so I got away with it but a lot of older boys got in trouble and I always thought for a while legitimately the main reason for the downturn in mid-2001 WWF was that Mr. McGauley gave out gave, <laughs> he gave a load of detentions to the lads like and you know so yeah we're talking now about this uh, obviously Austin turned heel after Austin turned heel everyone was sitting waiting hoping that Austin was literally going to turn around and go I was just playing with you yeah. Vince Stone Cold Stunner wham bam Austin don't play by nobody's rules it doesn't make any sense but uh, instead what we got was the two man power trip where uh, we might actually go back and look at these um, pay-per-views individually but mm. just for broad strokes Triple H Ultimate Baddie Steve Austin Ultimate Baddie they join up forces Steve Austin is asked why would you join up forces with the man who conspired to run you over last year and took a year of your life and he went hell if someone's going to do that to you wouldn't you want them on your side no <laughs> absolutely not no like I don't even want to be friends with someone who speeds like <laughs> tries to run me over and kill me and unfortunately what tied up with this as well was The Rock went off to Hollywood mm. to film his parts for The Mummy Returns as the Scorpion <sighs> King. Which meant that not only did you have, hey, Steve Austin's no longer Steve Austin, he's this weird, mean heel Steve Austin who like, fucking kills Lita and gives her the stunner and yeah. beats the Hardy Boys bloody and blue with a steel chair every week. Yeah, not only is he gone, but The Rock is basically gone as well and you don't know when he's coming back. We need a new goodie. We needed a hero, and we weren't getting it. And no. the real kind of weird thing that happened post-WrestleMania 17 is that, you know, you had a, a two-man power trip, a one-man trip to Hollywood, and sinking ratings. Ratings just started tumbling down afterwards. Some people say it was because of the lack of competition. We no longer had WCW, which closed its doors in March 2001. ECW filed for bankruptcy in 2001 as well, in January. So you went from having three big companies, three places to go, now to one company. And some questionable creative choices... Well, I mean, people were kind of asking, what else was Austin going to do if he didn't turn heel? Yeah. He kind of was running his course at that point, yeah. almost. Well, you can still do the invasion, but have Austin be the goody. He's defending, <laughs> yeah. like, literally, like, just do what you're doing now, but just have him not be a heel. Yeah. yeah. I think Austin was 
pretty much like tunnel vision. I want to be a top heel, yeah. and that was it. Like, because he said he always wanted to be a heel. The original Steve Austin Stone Cold character yeah. was a heel. It just happened yeah. they would start cheering him. I always thought that's what was going to happen here was that he would be a heel, but then it would just be like people fucking cheered him anyway. Yeah, but it didn't. People kind of cheered him, but stopped going to live events and yeah. watching TV. <laughs> I think it's unfair to put all of that on Austin's heel turn though, because really the company should have had a plan in place where it's like. Well, Austin's going to turn heel, and we're also losing our top babyface. Maybe we should build someone else up to have ready to take that slot to try and have a star alongside Austin. Yeah, and it's not really his fault because he only wanted to do the heel turn from an artistic point of view. Like, I want to try something new. I want to do something different. You can't blame him for the rest of the business not being able to sort of compensate for the rocks leaving as well. Yeah, I think it's just a case of like they th- they probably view WCW and ECW closing not as a okay, now this is actually something that maybe we may us want to rethink things and maybe yeah. make us want to focus in because wrestling is obviously not as popular as it was because yeah. two big companies just went under. But instead, I think they took it as we did it, it like yeah. yeah. We slayed the dragon. Woo! Let's all sit back and chill out for the next twelve months. Hey Steve, wanna be a weird heel? You're goddamn right, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the fans. <laughs> I mean, I remember specifically the moment, like the person I watched wrestling with all from '98 up to this point was my cousin, and we were like, we were just like two people who were obsessed with wrestling at the same time and both her favourite was Mick Foley now my cousin never quite recovered his wrestling fandom from Mick Foley leaving but he would come back here and there he was the commissioner that was fun he was out around wrestling 17 Rock leaving hurt and bad Austin being healed really hurt him I remember the moment we were sitting in his house watching Smackdown on a Saturday morning and it was like Austin in the ring and JR is like well Steve uh, I'm just gonna say half the fans were all just a a little bit disappointed to what to what's transpired in the last few weeks, and he's like, "Look at you, look at you, look at you. You look like you lost your best friend. Look at that silly little face on you." He goes, "Well, Steve, uh, you know what I'm saying? Sitting beside you when you're recovering from neck surgery, you're the first person I call when my mom died, and I feel like I have lost my best friend." And then Austin beats him up. <laughs> and then Vince McMahon comes and goes, "Whoa, Steve, what are you doing? That's your best friend." And you're taking it easy on your very <laughs> best friend. God damn it, Steve. Open him up. Open him up. And my, brother, my cousin was like, I'm going to go get a snack. He never came back. Like, you yeah, haven't seen him since. <laughs> he leaves his own house, walks off you know, into the distance. So it was really trying. This is really like separating the rest and super fans from those who were there because of a few big characters, yeah. I guess. There were some really cool things happening around this point, despite the fact the live attendance really is what took a hit. People stopped going to see it live. They were like having the houses, and that was really, yeah. really shocking because people would come to see Austin, and people no longer wanted to see Austin in this role, I guess. But some good things. ECW closing meant that we got an influx of some cool new faces. Spike Dudley, just incredible. Rhino, Tajiri, who got paired up with William Regal. We also have the push of a couple of wrestlers you wouldn't have expected. The Hardy Boys getting kind of a main event level run against the two-man power trip. Kane and Undertaker really being pushed as being two of like the top guys. I mean, this is a great time if, as a Kane fan, mm, yeah, I could say yeah. off the bat. like. And then, of course, we have Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho being pushed. Pretty much like stuff that we were going, oh man, I wish this happened like back in 2000. And it's happening here. You got Kurt Angle is like a top, tippity top guy. 
who's not only like super funny and entertaining, but has been put over as a total killer in the ring. It's really, really awesome. And you have Shane McMahon, who is, for my money at this time, was my favorite wrestling character because he had bought WCW. He was just there to fuck with vids. He danced around everywhere and he had killer, weird, fucking hardcore brawls, street mm. fights, all crazy shit like that. And also as well, you've got awesome tag teams still, a really great tag team division, revitalized by putting in the main eventers of Austin Triple H. And no Jerry Lawler either, we've got oh. Paul Heyman on commentary. <laughs> so for my money, I've not watched any of this since I was a kid. And I remember as a kid, the overriding feeling I had at the time was just disappointment that I didn't have anyone to talk to about wrestling. But I think we've got some gold here in these there hills. Mm. So, and you've got people to talk to now. Hey, yeah. we've got friends. I'm worried now that we're going to do this and like Austin's heel turn's going to upset you both. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch wrestling anymore. <laughs> my mind is spent. My body is broken. Lead me to my throne. It's King of the Ring, 2001. My mind, my mind. First I repeat, as King Ring Champion to my throne. Then I beat Chan McMahon all in one night. My mind is Nobody deserves to be more famous than DDP. I am a man's man. I am a champion of champions. I am Stone Cold Steve Austin. Would you please shut the hell up? Benoit and Jericho! Missed the repetition of words in WWF package. Yeah. It's my mind, my mind, my mind. <laughs> my is broken. <laughs> it's so dark and oh, really wounded. This <laughs> <laughs> reminds me the whole thing of like something from like Bloodborne or something like that. The self-made package. <laughs> I will say as well, uh, this is a little bit of a selfish thing. I'm sure you guys will agree. Not like turn on a two hour and 40 minute pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. oh baby. Easy watching. I'll tell you folks, WrestleMania 28 slash 29, that weekend of recording, oh. I had gray hairs at the end. Fucking <laughs> 900 hours of wrestling to watch. Oh my God. This is a very strange promo package. Once again, we're falling afoul of the usual King of the Ring problems, which is they don't really mention that there is uh, King of the Ring. What there is, though, is Diamond Dallas Page want to be me many famous. I'm jazzed, I must say, as I'm seeing all of this. So exciting. What a stacked card. Listen to this as well. They're sold out in four hours. That don't happen anymore. Yeah. Like, seriously. Nice. And another sight for sore eyes. WWF New York. Mm. Oh, man, we're home. It's okay. Everything's <laughs> going to be all right. 
So, obviously, the uh, the landscape has changed quite a lot. We've got Stone Cold Steve Austin defending against two men here tonight. Triple H is literally only a couple of weeks removed from that massive injury, mm. his torn quad. Triple H, gone for this pretty much the entire run of all of these episodes we'll be doing. So... No Triple H. Damn. I'm going to miss that guy. Big fan. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Maybe we'll stop getting so much shit for loving Triple H so much this season. I though. guess. Like, this is, what are you going to do? All this hummus is just going to build up. Like, <laughs> going to open a door and like in a backstage area it's going to fly. <laughs> <laughs> it's still being delivered. He didn't cut off the standing order. Like. <laughs> so, we start things off with the thing that I probably want to talk about the most. Mm-hmm. Bang! Yo, it's me. It's me. It's D. DP. <laughs> what I like is that it goes bang, and it was like, "The fuck is this?" It goes, "It's Yo. me. <laughs> it's DDP." And I was like, "Oh!" It's a very clear entrance. That's yeah. what I liked about the tag team of DDP and Canyon as well, because you had Canyon who goes, "Who better than Canyon?" <laughs> and it's me, DDP. <laughs> The stalker angle. Diamond Dallas Page finding his way into the World Wrestling Federation and not in the way that you want. Diamond Dallas Page had a guaranteed contract that would take him through to 2002 with Time Warner. Would have get him around $2 million. Instead, he decided to hug Vince McMahon in an airport to take $400,000 and be booked to be a pervert. So, uh, we got this one to talk about. This is a, a big one, Adam. This uh, is something that you and I bonded over when we first met. Yeah, this is one of the first things me and you sort of just started joking about immediately. Specifically, the exact moment where DDP is filming, well, you don't know who it is yet, but the yeah. stalker is filming Undertaker's wife, Sarah, and he goes, I know it looks like I'm quite close to her here, but don't worry, because I have a nice long lens on my camera. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a willy, like. <laughs> and I remember just... Because I hadn't even thought about that in years, just me and you immediately obsessing over DDP. Oh god, I was so obsessed with these fucking ridiculous voiceovers that they would do. It went on for like eight weeks. Yeah, it's so crazy that it's Vince as well. If you've listened yeah. to How to Wrestling, yes, on DDP, yeah, they did. They've uh, altered the voice. It was Vince who was doing all of these, who no doubt left at the opportunity. So like, yeah. <laughs> the Undertaker let Vince like hang out with his wife for an afternoon. Don't be doing that. <laughs> Sarah's here. Sarah's here in this hotel room where you've hidden her out. Trying to keep Sarah away from me. I don't like that, Undertaker. I don't like you keeping Sarah away from me. I'm growing tired of your games, Undertaker. Very tired of your games. I'm warning you, don't keep Sarah away from me. Because wherever Sarah is, I'll be. And I've left your wife a special message. Sarah, I know where you are. So many things about this are just like needlessly creepy. Mm. Firstly, the fact that it went on for like eight weeks as well. It's, it, it kept going on and on and on. And, on. and there was like nothing really new in each one. It's just like, no, Sarah's in the kitchen. I'm rock hard, Sarah. Is that because they they were like desperately trying to think of someone who it could be? Like, I I can very much imagine that they 
DDP wasn't the go-to for eight weeks. That's true. Apparently it was. Really? Like, if to DDP, he was brought in. It was like, you know, make me to Vince Why wait Titan eight Towers. Weeks, then? That's far too long. To build it up, I guess. But, like, I mean, Vince met DDP and was like, we have this stalker idea. And he was like, it's a bad idea. He's like, well, you should probably do it. He's like, it's a great idea. <laughs> when do I start? <laughs> I'm going to be the best stalker you've ever seen. It's awkward when you hear how uncomfortable DDP was mm. with doing this. And, I mean, I know it's often been said, but, like, DDP's wife, like, at the time, Kimberly Page, if you listen to any interview with her, A, she's literally, like, the coolest woman ever. She is, like, so, like, supportive, and she's, like, this amazing businesswoman, and she's, like, gets wrestling perfectly and gets DDP perfectly. They're literally, like, even though they're divorced now, they're still, like, best friends. Like, those are soulmates, for lack of a better term. Mm. Also, she was a Playboy Playmate, like, and, you know, she was basically the, the eye of basically every WCW fan. She was, like, their sonny. They, everyone loved her. Mm. And then you're meant to believe that, no, uh, DDP is not interested in his incredibly beautiful, successful, amazing, talented wife. Undertaker's wife, Sarah, is apparently the... Uh, I guess it's the fact that Sarah's Undertaker's wife, that's what makes her kind of sexy in DDP's mind here. Yeah. Kayfabe. Well, she conquered mind, the dead man. No. <laughs> At this point, what we think is that DDP isn't actually sexually infatuated with Sarah. He's only doing this it's a, a to psycho- get to yeah. the Undertaker. Yeah, exactly. So we don't have to worry about, like, well, it doesn't make sense that he'd be into Sarah, because he's not into Sarah. He's not, he's just and that's it. not a part of the storyline, yeah. so it's okay. He had the big reveal on Raw where he came out on the... Uh, the motorbike. On the motorbike, and with the most auspicious of starts to a WWF career, DDP takes off his mask, and everyone's cheering, and chairs goes, Paige is a stalker! <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Taker! Oh, back off, son of a bitch! <laughs> and for me, who knew very little about WCW, but I would know the name Diamond Dallas Page. I mean, I saw Ready to Rumble in the VHS shop, you mm. know, I nearly rented it. But I knew who DDP was, and for my money, it was like he was a top WCW guy, therefore he sucked. That yeah. was like how yeah. it was viewed to me. And then it's like, here's the top WCW guy. Also, he is a pervert. Yeah. For me, it wasn't even that, because I didn't know who DDP was. I knew Goldberg, Hogan, and Booker T, and that was about it. Yeah. So when he took the mask off, and JR's like, it's Paige! I'm like, who? <laughs> From WCW. Oh, no. Like, I hate them. So, again, same thing, but I didn't even think he was a top guy. I thought he was some jabroni from WCW. Yeah, they didn't do a particularly good job of, like, they didn't mention that, hey, he's a former WCW champion. I didn't or... know that until I met you. And you told me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was DDP and Just Incredible. You told me were both big guys in their respective companies, and I were like, fuck off, were they? As the stalker and the guy from the X Factor. You were expect me to believe that <laughs> I mean he got everything he wanted but he's never going to take that back <laughs> so DDP is coming out here to start things off I like his evil entrance music which is kind of going <laughs> anytime DDP comes back and they use this music which is a great theme except when you keep in the evil music the stalker laugh there's like oh DDP he's been doing great stuff with Jake Roberts and Scott Hall and his Titantron is him pulling off the mask and going <laughs> I've recorded all of your wife like, it, it got a bit weird some of them he went through her underwear drawer he said oh. that he was tired of the Undertaker's gamesmanship 
That's such a Vince McMahon word. I don't like you keeping her from me. I'll tell you who I thought it was. I mentioned this on how to, but I'll say it here as well for you guys to digest. I was convinced my fan theory in the echo chamber, because I had no one to discuss it with, was that it was Paul Bearer who was, in fact, the stalker. Had not been seen in a long time. He had not been seen with Undertaker even longer. Yeah. Last time we saw him, he was with Kane. Now Kane, Undertaker, buddy, buddy. And I thought, well, if everyone's being real and like an American mm. badass now, it makes sense that Paul Bear would be like a... Cr- I expected Paul Bear to show up and like, with, with like a five o'clock shower and a beard. Sunglasses. Yeah. With a new yeah. brother yeah. of destruction as his champion. Oh, I'm tired of God. your gamesmanship, Undertaker. Yeah, it's just making me imagine that the, the videotapes were just Paul Bearer's natural vo- that yeah. voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved... Loved that. That would have been a brilliant angle. I'm tired of you keeping Sarah from me, Undertaker. I've got a nice long lens. <laughs> I'm begging you, Taker. Make me famous. <laughs> so Paige comes out here wearing his Matrix Revolutions gear. Uh, <laughs> looks so silly. I think it'd be cool if I wore a duster. <laughs> <laughs> comes through the crowds. Heyman is putting him over as being a WCW contracted performer. Now, for me as a kid, and even watching some of the Raws and stuff now, makes very little sense how all this is meant to make any, any sense at all. Shane McMahon has bought WCW, and he's mentioned, oh, I've got WCW contracted performers, and he brought, like, Stacey Keebler out on SmackDown, for instance, and some people have been showing up here and there. And they're constantly talking, like, WCW is, like, this thing. It's still there. It's even, not. It's yeah. gone. But it's, it's not there, like, it's it's gone, It's right? just a bunch of lads walking around, like... And, like, when Paige came into the ring and he took off his, his mask, Heyman went, oh, the first shot has been fired and it's no longer just talk. The war is on between WCW and the WWF. I'm like, jumping the gun a little bit. we lost it, man. Yeah. Maybe we just buy the company? And they didn't really explain that... Apparently in kayfabe, it's that Shane is basically... Got all these guys and somehow now they're showing up on TV and... Like DDP has to come through the crowd. He's like, I've got a ticket, but also I've got entrance music and a Titantron. Yeah. What's going on? You know? It's sort of like at the end of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. They've killed Voldemort and he's like, right, he's dead. That's him done. But he does actually take on like a spirit form (laughs) and he goes off and finds another body. So (laughs) this is our Chamber of Secrets part of the whole Attitude Era. I'm waiting for the big snake. (laughs) we get two signs uh when ddp comes out we get one which says uh dds diamond dallas stalker fine shit sign but fine pretty shit a dentist like (laughs) we also get ddp diamond dallas pepper what the fuck does that mean sounds delicious what is that what's diamond dallas pepper Billy you're not taking the diamond dallas pepper challenge you have to eat a whole one (laughs) you have to eat a whole Al Snow's pet dog (laughs) I thought what they could have done here to really sell this is I was just thinking Scott Hall you know WCW invasion have Paige literally jump the barricades. Mm. I mean, don't give him music. Have a few other lads from WCW there with him. Yeah. I think. If they don't have to say anything, but just have a few recognisable faces stood behind him whilst he just does all of his stuff. But this is the thing, because that would be like, if he did that, then it's like, okay, they're from WCW, and the reason they're here is because they're going to take on WWF. That's not the reason he's here, though. The reason he's here is because he wants to stalk Undertaker's wife and call out Undertaker. So they're trying to make this into the fact that it's now like the first shot in the war 
even though this is really this angle's got nothing to do with the two companies. So, do you remember DDP's reasoning then, Adam, for why it was that he targeted The Undertaker and stalked his wife? Yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious, isn't it? You go after the biggest dog in the yard and you get his attention. You know, he's begging The Undertaker here, quite literally, to make him famous. So, The Undertaker's phrase would be, make me, I'm going to make you famous, like he made Rikishi famous. Remember yeah, that? When he yeah. made him famous. All of Famer now. <laughs> so, I think he was taking it a little bit too literally and wanted to receive an epic ass whooping so bad that he would be made famous it's a bit it's a bit weird and he gets like a Hollywood star with Diamond Dallas Page on it because he got his ass kicked by The Undertaker that's I mean set your standards a bit higher like. if you beat me people take me seriously <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like how WCW contracted performer DDP comes into the ring and the first thing he says when he grabs the microphone is yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> <Got a> gremlin <laughs> DDP, like, I'll tell you right now, I can sit cross-legged on the couch because of this man and I refuse to buy him as being a nasty heel. Mm. He's, he's so not got it in him, I don't think, here. He doesn't he doesn't own this. Well, even his mannerisms are a silly face. Like, what he keeps calling Undertaker, take. Take! <laughs> so, take! Here is my tick, it. And I'll be sat in the front row. Like, it's... It's not a heel. It could have dastardly. literally been anyone else from WCW. Anyone else. I saw you! on SmackDown last Thursday, and man, you look pissed off. And I don't get it. I mean, you should be thanking Diamond Dallas Page. I mean, the footage that I showed of your wife, Sarah, that was the stuff rated PG. I mean, the stuff I have of your wife, Sarah, my personal collection. Oh, God. Well, let me just say that that stuff right there gets more than just a thumbs up. How dare this human being. And as far as The Undertaker sticking me, DDP, at the top of your list, for being the guy for getting the worst ass whooping ever. Well, take, <laughs> I don't quite see it like that. The way I see it, me, DDP, comes into your house and kicks the big dog's ass all over his yard. But Adam, the stuff that you saw was only rated PG. Oh. The stuff from my Personal collection. <laughs> it gives you more than a thumbs up if you know what I mean. It gave me an erection. <laughs> Tighten it up. Look at him. Everything on him is tight. <laughs> so uh, DDP says he's going to make history tomorrow on Raw because tomorrow on Raw they're going to be in Madison Square Garden mm -hmm. and he's going to be the first contracted performer in WCW to step foot in MSG. That, I think, is really cool. That is a great announcement, yeah. Like, it's going to be like, if Vince McMahon thinks he's beaten WCW, and now the hollow ground, the very place his father promoted and grandfather, he's going to, like, lose their respect from beyond the grave. I fucking love it. So he's got his tick, it, and he'll be easy to find, because he's the guy with the sign. <laughs> and what does the sign say? Make me famous. <laughs> I'm begging you. 
Please. I want to be famous. (laughs) So DDP is going to the crowd. And this is where I knew, like, this just, DDP is just not cut out for this character. All mean, all. (laughs) And he thinks the camera's off him. And DDP goes into the front row, and the guy's like, hey, man. He's like, oh, hey, dude. Dude, the Cactus Jack t shirt is my all time favorite wrestling. I'm coming for you, Taker. I'm right here with the sign. <laughs> awful, awful shit. Just like. sharing popcorn and like. You're too fucking nice. Stop it. Oh my god. Oh, and then he sees the camera on him, and he lick, he licks his teeth all sexy. <laughs> so it's like slapping hands, signing autographs. Oh, hey, bro, how's it going? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got Paul Heyman and Jim Ross on commentary. Yes. yes. JR's got his best Michael Cole cosplay on with his uh, blue denim shirt. And they start talking. Now, there are rumours swirling around the backstage area that after a main event tonight, Chris Jericho or Chris Benoit may be taking the belt and going to WCW. As soon as I heard that, I just wrote, bet it's Austin. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, it's again, they're paying too much attention to two people in a a three-man dance. Yeah. It's Austin. Austin's going to WCW. <laughs> so we're starting things off. We do have a King of the Ring here tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Which you wouldn't mind. It takes up roughly two thirds of this pay per view. <laughs> One thing that was really great about this time period is that you had an undercard like you wouldn't fucking believe it. Bolstered by guys like Kurt Angle up at the top. You've got Christian and Ed starting to work some singles competition. You've got some new faces in there. I mean, you've got a lot to work with here. And this is like a King of the Ring where the four guys that you've got here starting off, they're all awesome. And any of them I'd be happy to have seen being mm. King of the Ring. And they're all mates. It's all team wrecked together yeah. again. Like the four of them. It's such a great idea having four people that have been established for months as they're all buddies. And now you're going to have to have all four of them fight in some form but or another. But they're not on the same page anymore. I don't know why, because every time they mention the fact that they're not friends anymore, Paul Heyman goes, you all saw what happened last week, and then doesn't specify what happened. <laughs> I didn't see, so these guys aren't on the same page apparently, but they refuse to tell us why. <laughs> Basically, um, you know, Team Rack are as tight as it gets. Like, we're not going to dispute that. But, but like, when it comes to the King of the Ring, I mean, it's duh, every man for himself. Yeah. 100 rounds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there are semi-finals here. Both sets are technically heel-on-heel because heel no one is formally mm. broken away. There's tension yeah. between everyone. Christian and Edge were hanging with Rhino a lot and obviously him being in the semis means all tension there. And Christian and Edge particularly, they're starting to come apart at the seams. After WrestleMania 17, when they lost the uh, Tag Team Championship, there were some cracks starting to form there. And obviously, the fact that they were so popular, it was very obvious that Edge was going to be getting yeah. the little bit of a yeah. push and a bit of a rub. That being said, it's only 2001. The fact that Edge is getting a bit of a push here tonight is like it's pretty impressive. So our first King of the Ring semi-final, Kurt Angle, the 2000 King of the Ring winner, taking on someone who was my fave at the time, other than Shane McMahon, was Christian. Really? Yeah, and uh, young Kevin, when he was in Smith's Toy Store on Jervis Street back in Dublin, and uh, went in on my Saturday in boarding school, and I went into town to buy some wrestling toys, because that was my hobby at the time. And there was a guy there, and uh, he had a wrestling t-shirt on, and uh, I was looking at some of the guys, and you know, he was like, oh man, who's your favourite wrestler? And I go, well, 
if I'm honest, it's probably Christian. And he went, oh, and just walked away. Oh, so no. not only did I not have any wrestle friends, people were actively distant. <laughs> Even strangers didn't want to associate. Those glasses, though, oh, just man. were around the house like ridiculous over the top sunglasses rule. <laughs> I was such a Christian, Mark. I love here as well, Paul Heyman's pulling over how Kurt Angle is going to be the first ever two-time King of the Ring champion. We have a really hard-hitting start. Kurt Angle fucking throws him around. Mm. What's very obvious in all these matches is they've made out that Kurt is like a different league above yeah, all these Yeah, the way lads. they talk about him now is amazing. He's like fully, in, like he's fully confident, fully realised. Yes. He's like beating Chris Benoit in a best two out of three falls match. and all. So he's like... Very much, you know, established now as being awesome and not just being a goof. He is a, a goofy, awesome killer heel, which is awesome. Team Wrecker exploding here. We get Let's Go Angle Chance. He is getting over yeah, with some of that comedy. Amazing. Kurt dominating with some suplexes. Momentarily, I was distracted by a giant sign that said, The Benoit Boys. <laughs> with right. a Z. <laughs> oh. That's weird. <laughs> Shane McMahon appears quite soon, and uh, Kurt gets distracted, goes for a big, dirty old moonsault. Oh, thing of beauty, and he splats himself. The Unprettier gets reversed into an ankle lock, and Christian, I love here, he's not playing face because Kurt's the, the bigger star. Yeah, isn't yeah. Christian's still a heel, he's in the ankle lock, and he like crawls all over the referee to get to the ropes like a total scoundrel. It's great. It's quite like we were talking with Regal and Finlay. Yeah. No yeah. one. Uh, yeah. These two are still being. It's an actual contest between two heels. There's the fact that he knocks the ref over first. He pushes mm. the ref over so we're on le- uh, like level ground so we can crawl, crawl over, over him. <laughs> Christian's such a fucking creep. I love it. He manages to get the unpretty on Kurt Angle right in the middle of the ring, and Shane McMahon is the only reason why Christian doesn't win. He uh, breaks up the count, puts Kurt's foot on the rope, and just slowly dances away. This was really cool because essentially what happens is he saved Kern Angle here. Yes. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone here got what was happening straight away. Yeah, Apart from Heyman and JR, they are fucking thick as pig shit. <laughs> Clueless. Why would Shane McMahon help his rival Kurt Angle progress further in the tournament? But JR... Why would why would he not want Kurt to lose? I don't understand. The only person that knows that is Shane McMahon. I guess we'll never understand this. Maybe Kurt's defecting to WCW. <laughs> so Kurt Angle gets the angle slam from the apron, which is awesome. Christian's on the outside. He just like brings him right back into the ring with the angle slam. Fucking beautiful win for Kurt Angle. Shane smiles a mysterious smile. What could possibly be his motivation? You know when you're 12 years old and you've outsmarted Jim Ross and yeah, Paul Heyman yeah. that something's gone wrong here. Backstage, Austin is with Deborah and Jonathan Coachman appears. This is very, very funny. Excuse me, Steve. Hi, Deborah. I was just wondering if maybe I could get your, your thoughts on your triple threat match later on tonight. You had seen Mitch McMahon idea. I'm expecting him and he should be here any minute. If you're out there prowling the halls, maybe you saw him. Well, I, I didn't see him, but... But Steve, remember on Thursday on SmackDown, he, he told you he wasn't coming. <laughs> you can be such a kidder. He's got a great sense of humor. Temper's flared. I'm sure he still loves me as much as I love him, and I expect him to be here. Well, see, I, I haven't seen him. But, but anyway, I was wondering maybe if you could comment on the rumor that's been going around. Rumor. I mean, well, the rumor that, it, that if Chris Benoit or Jericho beat you tonight and take your WWF title, they're going to take that championship and go to WCW. They're going where? Yeah, if Benoit or Jericho defeat you tonight, they're taking the WWF title and going to the WCW. Have you seen much of Steve 
in this way, let's just say. Well, this is after Kumbaya and all yes, that. Yes, this yeah. is just at that time, so, actually. Yeah. So I've seen all the Kumbaya stuff, but this really made me laugh. Just Coach just talking at him, and Steve just staring in silence at him. <laughs> really, really made me laugh. Which also made me definitely think, yeah, it's definitely Steve. It's going to defect and do <laughs> Oh, man, I just love how weird Steve gets. Because like, he's a when he's at the start of the two-man power trip, he's just nasty and just yeah. really, like pure evil like and he's like I never promised anyone I was your hero I'm doing what I want and it was really scary but here where like it gets to the point where Jim Ross isn't even upset at him anymore he's worried about him he's like oh, Steve needs help who, who is this man he's a shell of himself paranoid and freaking out because he can't live without Vince McMahon it's so strange he gets confronted with the rumour by coach and it's like you know there's rumour that Jericho or Benoit might take the belt to WCW and like even old Stone Cold or even older heel Stone Cold from two months ago would be like no one's going to take this title it's meant to be on the shoulder of Stone Cold instead he just goes completely blank and just stares off and like breathes a little heavier the look on his face like he's just like oh shit (laughs) I've done it now (laughs) still to come Taker eviscerates Diamond Dallas Page. You get a nice little package about this voyeurific saga to quote oh, Paul Hayes. <laughs> they say it three or four times. Like, get the word right. Somebody's got a death wish, and their wish is about to come true. This is the Undertaker's wife, Sarah, queen of beautiful blonde hair. Whoever the hell is stalking my wife, don't mess with my family. I bet you feel safe, but you're not. Don't mess with my family. Undertaker, I don't like you keeping Sarah away from me. Sarah, I know where you are. There will be hell to pay when I find this son of a bitch. He'll die a thousand deaths. I'm tired of your gamesmanship, Undertaker. It's time for my dreams to come true. It goes, let's see how this all came about. It goes, frustration. I'm going to kill Diamond Dallas Page. I don't hold up much hope for uh, for old DDP later on. 
Yeah, Tanker wasn't thrilled at working with uh, DDP. Was he not? No. Did you hear the, the rumours? Apparently, because of all of this angle, Undertaker didn't think DDP was cut out for a top spot in the World Wrestling Federation. Damn. You know what DDP used to do with his matches? He was. Uh, he used to tape them and watch them back. And oh yeah. But in terms of putting together his matches, because you know Steve Austin, you like to go in with a fishbone, a skeleton idea where we're gonna go, and uh, maybe fill in the blanks along the way. Uh, DDP likes to write like an essay. Essentially, this yeah, is what plan everything out. Yeah. R- Randy Savage did the exact same thing. Yeah. No one gives him shit for it. Like, but DDP apparently Undertaker was like he can't work because he needs to. Plan. plan every single thing and I don't want to do that and Steve won't want to do that and no one's going to want to do that so fuck that like shit and he really fucking buried him because you finally find out it's Diamond Dallas Page and you're the Undertaker who for ages and ages has had his life turned upside down by this and he finds out it's DDP I would be like you know, I've seen you DDP and I saw what you're doing WCW. What, try and put him over some Something. way. Instead we go, who in the hell is DDP? Well, I don't know, you tell me. Because I'm the kid, I'm like, yes, yeah, Undertaker, I'm in the same boat. Who in the hell is DDP? Because no one's told me, like, fucking hell. Paul Heyman heads into the crowd and interviews the guy with the sign, Diamond Dallas Page. Diamond Dallas Page, you are sitting in a WWF arena. Sir, you have a locker room of WWF sports entertainers. You are here in front of WWF fans. You are calling out The Undertaker. With all due respect, sir, I find your actions to be, for lack of better phraseology, a bit brazen, wouldn't you say? First of all, Paulie, it would be Balls, that's what it is. To go after the taker, it takes just that. Coming into his yard, right here in Jersey. You do this? You do this? You think this is funny? I don't think it's, I don't think any part of this is funny. If you really wanna know, I don't find any part of this funny at all. I don't find it amusing at all, anybody taken after my personal life. What's mine is mine. You got a problem with me, Taker? Right here, the guy with a sign. I'm begging you, make me famous. To go after the Taker, it takes balls, <laughs> Balls. Channeling China there. <laughs> <laughs> As he's talking with Heyman, this is so lame. This is the stupidest thing. What do we get? We get footage on the Titantron of DDP. Being like, stalks. In a restaurant. And yeah, it's this weird, creepy, shaky, handheld camera footage. But he's literally sat in a restaurant looking at a waitress like, I'll get the caprese salad or something. Like, it's not... And he's there at ringside going like, What the hell is this? Who's been filming this? You're like, invading my privacy. He's just ordering lunch. Like, it's hardly, like, the yeah. most fucking controversial footage ever. He it's goes, not, like, inside someone's house. Like, he like was doing... Bubble just like, sponge leaking Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> he's in a restaurant or he's walking in a car park. Yeah. And, like, they're filming him from, like, a mile away. Fucking salacious. Maybe they filmed him ordering something with gluten and he doesn't want anyone to see. He's like, no, it's a part of the diet. They're public places. You're allowed to film there. I mean, I'll say about it is that 
again, this is one of those things that just the selling was so weird for it. It's like he's all super cocky, like, and then as soon as he sees this, he he's like fucking exploding. And you've got three more of these pretty yeah. much later on. Mm. It's like save a bit for later. If you're freaking out now, you're gonna fucking flip your lid when you see Wood Mimi picking his nose, like you know. <laughs> so yeah, we got more of those to look forward to, I guess. Next, King of the Rings semi-final. Eggs taking on Rhino. A much bigger pop for Rhino than the scrambled one here tonight. The scrambled one. Yeah, eggs. You leave it already, mate. <laughs> okay. These so. guys used to be friends, but you all saw what happened last week. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great time watching Smackdown last week, JR. Oh, it was great. Let's not show any of it. You really had to be there, Paul. I mean, you know what's funny? They would have shown you a replay of what happened twice on SmackDown. <laughs> Not here, though. Uh-uh. So, we've got a quite interesting one here. Rhino is, you know, only a couple of months in. He's been booked as being a killer. And the real thing that's helping Rhino here, and nothing can tell me otherwise, is Paul Heyman on commentary. Mm, yeah. As a kid, I was absolutely enamored with Rhino just because the way... Heyman put him over. Well, he's and Heyman's I, boy, isn't that's he? That's it. Like, I mean, I didn't figure that out as a kid. I was just like, oh, wow, he must be great because yeah. the entertaining guy thinks he's brilliant. Penn Gillette over here is giving him, <laughs> he's giving him the stamp of approval. But every time Rhino would come out, Heyman straight away, the last ECW champion yeah. from the mean streets of Detroit, the gore, JR, he would just gore, say, gore, gore, gore. How many people had the spirit wrestling? Yeah. And how over was the gore? Yeah, Paul Heyman would fucking ejaculate every time he hit it. That was amazing. <laughs> And there's ECW chance as well at the start of this, which is pretty mm. cool. Rhino spits his gum right in the face of Egg. Heyman and JR put over something that I think should always be put over, which is if you win the King of the Ring, you're going to get a lot of money. money. And the, JR says the best thing ever, which is like, well, that is the best reason to fight, isn't it? Like, it's, it's the only time in our entire time. We've done like, yeah. I don't know, 60 episodes of this show. We mentioned that these guys get paid. Yeah. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes is the only other one who said it, and he did it annoyance. <laughs> <laughs> so this is great here. They're talking like, yeah, you've got to get a big pay purse if you, if you win the King of the Ring. That should be the core of all kayfabe. Like, everything in wrestling should boil down to, essentially, I'm doing this because I'll get more money. If it's not personal, it should be about money no, Kevin not. Owens like yeah much, exactly yeah. honestly I mean what's the real reason they're all fighting for the king of the ring it's to get that sweet crown and hope maybe just hope if we wish upon an intergalactic star that we too can become cosmic kings oh. <laughs> <laughs> you ever imagine I always just imagine for some reason like Wade Barrett when he's like really old like 80 you know or maybe 90 I was a king once I was once a cosmic king <laughs> <laughs> you know and it'll be futuristic then so people will be like wow you know <laughs> <laughs> it'll be all chrome and shit you know <laughs> they brawl outside Rhino and Hook's a turnbuckle pad and I thought oh this will come into the finish like no right now bam <laughs> he starts working over the soft yoky tummy of Egg <laughs> fuck's sake he doesn't why are you doing this <laughs> it's his soft spot he, he hurt it it's really sore it'll pop okay I, I got I got I've been eating a lot of eggs recently have you seen my Twitter there's been a lot of eggs there's been a lot of eggs on it like you know every every Friday when I wake up I turn to Joanna and I go it's Friday <laughs> <laughs> 
Are you okay? Yeah. I'm really worried. I've got way more egg oh, shit. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, the lad with the egg name is going to the finals. So. <laughs> Rhino goes up to the top rope and he does a big fucking splash. Oh my oh. god, yeah. That's one of those, okay, you duck and I'll do a big splash. Yeah. And Edge is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Big sunset flip off the top rope by Egg. We did then that amazing. This is great. Fucking this is how you finish off the last boss in Tekken. You get a spear and a gore at the same time. Whooshing! They bang into each other. Yeah, the huge. spear looks so weak compared to the gore. Yeah, <laughs> the gore is where it's at. Like. It's like Edge is made of biscuit or something. Like. <laughs> Rhino then goes to gore him again, and he hits the exposed turnbuckle pad. Egg hits the impaler, and uh, he wins. Nice. I guess you could say he poached Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's, a, that's a double whammy. Yeah, that's, that's a two whammy. for one. That is, I like that. They stack. It's oh, <laughs> the buff stack. It's okay. Very, very good match for heel versus heel. I thought. Yeah, again, they're doing a fucking great job of booking these heel matches. But I guess you know, Edge is the point where he's he's a heel in all but name. I mean, he is basically the good guy here. People want yeah. Edge to turn face. I think lots of shots to the crowd, and there are a lot of screaming young ladies who are obsessed with Edge. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Backstage. The cute young couple, Romeo and Juliet themselves, Spike Dudley and Molly Holly. Getting by live, Spike and Molly, and, and Spike, I'm just wondering if you have found a tag team partner yet. Yes, sir, I have found a partner. Well, would you uh, mind telling us who that might be? No, actually, I think you should have to wait. This is a big surprise. So, oh. Surprise? Well, I guess if it's a big surprise, it can't be your little girlfriend, Molly. Because she definitely has turned into a big disappointment. <laughs> you know something, Bubba? Maybe that's why they fit so well together. You know something, Spike? You've been a disappointment in this family since day one. And once again, you have put your foot in your mouth. Man, when are you going to learn? When are you going to get some sense into that head? Come on, Devon. Let's get out of here. Obviously, we're in a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. The Cannon Cousins. Oh man, this is a fucking brilliant, brilliant little feud that they had. Spike fell out with the Dudleys because he fell in love with a Holly. Mm. And then the Hollies were like, you can't be in a relationship with the Dudley. So it's Montague Capulet. Exactly. Like, literally, literally yes. that's it, like, you know? And I just love it. They had, like, six-man tags against each other. And, like, you know, Molly would, like, you know, say, like, no, I won't fight you. And the Bubberay and Devon wanted to put Molly through a table. And Spike, like, was like, no, don't do it. And they did a thing as well where they were, like, about to uh, put her through a table. And he, like, stood on the table instead and took it. Like, he literally had Bubberay powerbomb her on top of him. Oh. So you take the blow now the best thing about all this feud as well is that you finally now in WWF get to see Bubba Ray Dudley do what he does best he was put on this earth to throw Spike Dudley around mm -hmm. he can throw that man like nobody's business and I'm very excited because he's saying he's laying down the gauntlet him and a mystery partner are going to be taking on the Dudley boys who recently picked up the tag belts from Benoit and Jericho ooh I'm excited I don't find Spike Dudley very entertaining here. No, face. no. He is so... I mean, I love him as a performer and as a character, but him back here um, being interviewed, literally like, 
they've gone too far and I'm, I'm not backing down I'm going to take them on and I've got a partner lined up like, it's too much scripted shit for him it's like, you very know? dry yeah. very dull like he is still meant to be a Dudley and I'd expect a bit of personality even though he's the nice Dudley he's the good one but he was like, meant to be like you know Little Spy Dudley was a bit wild when he was yeah. in ECW he didn't talk for the most part and then when he did he was a little bit more personality than this I mean he was yeah. never great on the mic but when you hear stuff like this it's like it didn't need to be, it could have been anyone like this yeah. is verbiage not written for Spike Dudley this is just verbiage you know but then the Dudley boys walk into the frame and when you see Bubba and Devon towering over him yeah. and they're like what are you gonna do about it little man you and your little bitch and it's like oh actually okay I give a shit about Spike Dudley yeah. after all I wanna see him mm. beat up these nasty bastards then it's just a perfect little story these two mm. big brothers who are beating up this, the run to the litter he's the yeah. disappointment of the Dudley family and they're really really like running down saying he's not gonna find anyone oh my god who have we got with YTJ making a first appearance in a while it's, uh, it's Taz it's, it's Taz. Taz Chris I know this is moments from your big match, but I gotta ask you, the buzz in the locker room, the buzz in the arena, the buzz everywhere, is that if you or Benoit win the WWF title tonight, are you gonna take it over to WCW? What's the deal with that? Well, first, I really appreciate you coming in here and interrupting me when I'm preparing for the biggest match of my career just moments away. But I will say this about WCW, now that they actually have a true boss, someone in charge, like Shane McMahon, maybe the WCW won't be so bad after all. And you want to know whether I'm going to go to WCW after tonight? Well, to answer your question, I would have to say, yes, I was aware that there was rumors about me going to WCW. But in all seriousness, I'd have to say the answer is absolutely not. I was not aware that you knew about these rumors. But if you really seriously want to know the answer to the WCW mystery, well, let me just say this. I I am going to shut the hell up as far as this one is concerned. This is the saddest fucking appearance <laughs> yeah. of Taz ever. Fucking Dasha is basically here, like, oh. you know, it's backstage. Chris, what got to be going through your head being in the main event tonight? I've never been in one. What's it like? <laughs> oh. uh, hey, don't show this to. <laughs> Don't show this to my grandma. She thinks I'm doing well, okay? Just don't. Just keep it. Just don't. No. All right? I won't wear my sunglasses. Maybe they won't recognize me. Oh. I've been really sad wrestlers recently. Like, yeah. What if I, you didn't call me Taz no more? <laughs> call me Terry. Um, I could just be, you know, Mike or something. <laughs> you know? Let's reinvent me. Joey Numbers. <laughs> <laughs> it's rad <laughs> Joey Numbers won't return my calls no more I don't know what's going on so he's talking about the WCW rumors and Jericho was like that's a pretty lame way he's like he's like am I going to WCW yes I won't answer the question yeah. am I going to WCW no way I can tell you now <laughs> fuck off, Jericho what? fuck Fucking crap hell. so they don't give a straight answer but it's like for me as a kid what was weird to me was that loads of people were like, oh man, WCW. Yeah, that'd be great. Like Jericho here is like, oh, WCW doesn't seem so bad with a, with a cool boss like Shane McMahon. It's like, 
Lads, why would you want to go there? They've not got TV. It doesn't yeah. exist. They've not got a building. Yeah. <laughs> Larry Bischoff like said it was only worth 50 bucks. Why would you want to tie yourself to that shit? It's just like? a glorified like backyard fed at this point. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. It's, uh, they're on chains and play WCW for an hour. He's like. got a big garage and all the power slammers, the ones with the magnets in their hands. Oh. I remember when I went to my friend Mike's house once when I was like nine or ten years old. I was like, oh, I've got some new wrestling figures. You want to play with them? He's like, yeah, I'll bring mine. He's like, awesome. And I brought her like Road Dog and Gangrel and X-Pac he's like yeah I've got um, Scott Steiner why has he got giant magnetic discs in his hands <laughs> what, who's this Goldberg what <laughs> this Steve Austin with magnets in his fist what the <laughs> fuck is this like awful coming up next the Dubbly Boys are putting their tag team championships on the line as they're taking on Spike Dudley and his mystery tag team partner Got a quick recap of Benoit, Y2J. They won the belts from the two-man power trip in basically the best tag team match ever. It's the one where Triple H, you know, tore his quad mm. and still wrestled at the end of the match, including me putting the walls of Jericho, which is fucking incredible when yeah. you think about it. But Austin was trying to find ways to make Vince proud of him again because he sensed and was paranoid that Vince didn't like him anymore. So the two things that he did was, A, he battled Michael Cole, and then B, he cost Benoit and Jericho their tag belts. And it's like he did that, and then after he beat up Michael Cole, he ripped off Michael Cole's shirt and just bet the shit out Jesus. of him. It was really horrible because Cole, you know, the whole attitude. It was there, like harmless. You yeah, push him around. Didn't do anything. Yeah, like. no, no one bet on Cole though. Like you know, no. it's not something he did. And everyone's just a little boy. Yeah, yeah. and Austin went backstage like you'd be real proud of me, Vince. I beat up Michael Cole and I cost the Benoit and Jericho the tag belts, and he's like. Michael Cole's gonna sue us. Like, <laughs> what, are you do- what are you doing? Like, he's not wrestling, you idiot. What a crazy fucking landscape this is now, yeah. though. Like, yeah. Heel Austin cost babyface Jericho and Benoit their tag team championships. Like, they're suddenly a babyface team now as well. Like, yeah, they were thrown together pretty much like as a like, kind of a necessity type of thing. They were. Working, like, they feuded for ages. Benoit obviously turned face with his feud with Angle. And basically the two of them were, like, they joined up to be in, like, this... Um, wonder team. Right? They joined to be, like, a wonder team. And they were in a, like, a gauntlet, tag gauntlet thing at the last pay-per-view to get a number one contendership. And right. in their first tag match, they won the belts. Like, so it was just kind of, let's join together, like, you know, to get some revenge. And they fucking did it. And it was really cool. The only problem I say with it, though, is I don't know if it caught on with the... The big populace. Yeah. Because if you're someone who's like, oh, I don't want to watch wrestling anymore because The Rock is gone. You're like, but Chris Benoit Chris Jericho are there. Yeah. Not a lot of people, honestly, were like, where's The Rock and Mankind and mm. Steve Austin? They're, they weren't as, as keen on that. Did, did they have a cool tag team name like as mixing both of their names together like Jericho. No, last Jericho. The closest Or Benico. Benico. <laughs> like a gas company. The closest thing is that JR keeps calling them the two Chris's. The two The Chris's. two Chris's. sucks. Hashtag Team Chris. Chris Cross. Chris Cross. He's got a, two Chris's and he got the crippler cross face. Chris Amazing. Cross. Kane is the mystery partner. Kane. And he is the Intercontinental Champion. Oh, right. Okay. Best Kane, would you say? Yeah, this is still Best Kane this era. Nah. Best Kane is Best Kane. <laughs> yeah, at this point, he's like doing his best to put over the mid card. 
boost things up. You know, he helped the hardcore division a bit. Now he's doing the same for the IC belt. Billy, where are you saying mm, that? Slow chemical. No, you, you, you're wrong. <laughs> hey, Billy, you've not read Journey into Darkness like this you man You know the character okay. like I do. Okay. You don't know the character of Glenn Kane like Adam Bibolo does, okay? On Patreon, we've done a book report on, on Journey into Darkness and... It, you you may have a thing or two to say once you know the backstory about uh, Glenn Calloway. <laughs> so we have an amazing, amazing start off here with Bubba Ray and Kane just throwing Spike around. Playing cash. I love it. Like Spike is so little, mm. and it, like, there's such a dynamic. They keep putting him in the ring with these monsters, and it's so much fucking fun. Devon feigns an injury and then starts working over Spike Dudley. I'll tell you right now, lads, I can watch Spike Dudley get beat up by the Dudleys for hours, yeah. days, mm. years. The power moves Bubba Ray does to Spike. Oh my, he just puts everything. He gets to be more of a big, nasty bully against... Because, I mean, Edge and Christian aren't massive guys, but because Spike is so small, yeah. it makes him look like such a son of a bitch. When he does, like, the big back body drops, he's going deep and goes... Like, oh, and the power bombs. Kills him. It's like you think, oh, he's going to fucking kill him with a power bomb. He just sits out as well. It's like, you yeah. don't need to do that. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Sit out power bombs, big back body drops, Spike getting crippled here. Get a hot tag to Kane, and fucking hell, I'll tell you one thing, Kane here, I'm going to call him Glenn Kane now, my head is saying, say Glenn Kane. <laughs> Glenn Kane here is fucking jacked. Yes. Looking real jacked here, baby. Let me tell you something, he's fucking massive. He is ripped at this point. I love his big hot tag here, he's fucking throwing big oh, bombs. Yes. It's awesome. We get a little bit of a botched two count though, which really spoiled the oh, flow. Oh, Devon missed yeah, the save. Yeah, Devon's really off today. Yeah. Never something you think you'd hear yourself say, is yeah, it? Yeah, like, because he misses the pin saves and then he, like, proper fucks up the what's up. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, like, yeah. it's weird. They just like, don't do it. Like, they just do the headbutt and no what's up. Or I guess they're being heel here, so maybe that's maybe, why they didn't yeah, do it. Perhaps. But yeah, he is totally late. Like, he's meant to break it up and uh, he doesn't. Not and, even close. No, not remotely. The referee just stops counting. Yeah. So, I mean, the the story now is what they say is they call it like a shoot. So, yeah, if you're they, not there, that's it. The match will be over. And if you fuck up, you lose your tag belts. <laughs> Kane press slams Spike Dudley onto the Dudley boys outside. Spike gets the Dudley dog. Now, I remember being incensed about this as a boy. Do you remember what Spike Dudley's finisher was called in ECW? The acid drop. Because he is... Little Spike Dudley. LSD. LSD. Mm -hmm. Little Spike Dudley in the sky with diamonds. So, uh, yeah, the fact that he called him the Dudley dog, I was like, oh, that's ridiculous, man. You know, 12 year old. This <laughs> <laughs> should be about acid, man. Like, you know. <laughs> I'm sure I would have gotten great with all the guys in the locker room in ECW. <laughs> hey, guys, isn't it stupid the way they won't let Spike call it the acid drop? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the was up. Except they don't do any of the pageantry. None. No, he misses it a bit as well, like, on the landing. It's just... What's, what's going on, Devon? It was a strong-style inner thigh headbutt, I think, mm. is what it was <laughs> there in this case. And it's funny, because when they're doing it, they're like, oh, I love this bit, JR. Oh, oh he didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Spike is left on his own in the ring. He tries with a Dudley dog on Devon, who bangs him into the turnbuckle. I just love the prescience that Bubba Ray is. He's not even in the ring at the time, and once... Spike has been lifted up for the 3D and he's, he's just left. in, yeah. boom, 3D. Got it. Perfect. 
Dudley boys pick up the win. I must say I enjoyed the match, but that botch in the middle literally cut it off for, them, for me. Really and stuck like, the window. And Devon's someone who doesn't do stuff like that, so no. it's really weird. Like Always he's not tight. got a reputation of like fucking shit up. No, it's strange. It's just, everything's a little bit off here and there towards the end of this match. I think it's infectious as well because the Dudley boys get a table and Jim Ross goes, "Oh, talk about adding injury to injury," and then he goes quiet and then he goes. Uh, Injury to insult. <laughs> Every permutation but the right one. Every single one. I don't need no music. <laughs> <laughs> so Kane choke slams Bubba Ray through the table. Oh, 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 big choke slam. Gorgeous. Okay, this is strange. Forgive me. I I, but I just feel that you guys will also like this. But after seeing that, one of the best thing ever would be, say, Great British Bake Off, okay? You know what? Uh, we're, we're on Biscuit Week, okay? Yeah, we're, getting, we're, getting onto the, we're getting onto the Showstopper Challenge. We're talking, you have to make an entire fucking construction out of gingerbread, okay? Mm-hmm. Use any type of gingerbread that you want, okay? Paul and Mary, off you go. And then Bubba Ray Dudley gets choke slammed through a big gingerbread house. How Ooh. great would that be? A real massive one, mind like. I just want to see that. I don't know why. I thought you were going to say Kane would choke slam Paul Hollywood through the gym. <laughs> <laughs> and then Paul's down there with a little fork, like tapping it against the gym. Yeah, that's well baked. <laughs> Even baked. <laughs> Kane carries his little buddy off. Oh, I Aww. love that. <laughs> love lifts us up where we belong. <laughs> and then of course later on Spike will turn on Kane and then start hitting Molly and start going Kane's a piece of shit. <laughs> it's going to be the same story all over again. <laughs> Wait, who are you talking about? X-Pac. Always happens to Kane. Always happens to Kane. Yeah, Jesus. Christian and Edge chat backstage. Hey. Hey. Look. I know what I said before about you having it easy, but... Um... But what? You were robbed? Shane cost you your match? What? I just wanted to say good luck. I really hope you win this thing. I wish you some luck. It's great. Did you know the uh, running guy that he used to do at the time with, with Christian and Edge at this time? With the his, their grandmother? No. Grandma, he saw his ring and she's like, oh, he comes into the locker room and Edge's on the phone. He's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm starting to grandma. He's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I qualified the King of the Rig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, really excited. Yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be great. Oh, thanks. Thanks for calling. I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Christian's here. Do you want to talk? Yeah, sure. And he passes over every time. Christian's like, hello? Oh, she... Because the call got dropped or something. Every time, like... I like to say the, the fun, fundamental fact is that Christian is poison, basically. Yeah. Everyone knows it, even his own grandmother. Like. She thinks he's a Rikazoid. <laughs> So he's basically trying to reassure Edge that, look, you know, I, I want you to win. I hope you do well. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't work out for me. And the real sad thing about Christian and Edge and the whole feud that they're doing here and they're building up to the split mm. is that legitimately the story is that Edge is like too nice and also a little too dumb to realize that mm. Christian is blatantly turning heel on him. So jealous of him. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. And the only reason like Christian entered the King of the Ring was because Edge entered the King of the Ring. He's like, oh, we'll both win. You know, we'll both be in the finals. That's what it's going to be. And it's like, it's awkward. Oh boy, some more Diamond Dallas Page uh. video. Bet you wish you didn't go to ten in that first reaction because now you're going, you're screaming, make me famous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then oh. he's, he's screaming, Make me famous, Undertaker! I don't care about you, Undertaker! I'm right here! Don't show all that personal footage of mine! My daily life is private! DDP. Yeah. Wild <laughs> DDP. People sat next to him. Like. Guess where they are? They're in Jersey, his hometown! Oh, <laughs> it's awful. Oh no! Speaking of awful, <laughs> Billy Gunn's got a really important job to do. <laughs> WWF New York in the heart of Times Square, another sellout there tonight. Watching the King of the Ring, we thank our fans for being there. And also, ladies and gentlemen, a man that knows all about the King of the Ring, a former King of the Ring winner, is the one Billy Gunn. And Billy, could, could we please get your feelings on this year's King of the Ring and the tournament and your prediction? How do you think I feel? I was a 1999 King of the Ring. I'm stuck here in New York. I'm not even at the arena. Damn, I wasn't even in the tournament. So let me tell you, do you think I give a crap about who wins tonight? There's only one person I care about, and that's me. So how do I feel? That's pathetic. Well, so much for your interviewing skills, huh? Billy. Get your best beige t-shirt and sunglasses. It doesn't even look like Billy Gunn. <laughs> Who is that? It's just some guy. I'm not Billy. He <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> looks so upset. Oh, he is upset, Billy. You know he's this upset. This is a shoot right here. <laughs> yeah. The one Billy Gunn. You were the uh, former king of the ring, so I wonder, you have any thoughts on the determined tonight? I was the 1999 king of the ring. <laughs> I'm not even in the building tonight. I'm pissed now. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, how do I feel? That's pathetic. What? How do I feel? That's pathetic. I really wouldn't like see some reports from people who were in WWF New York that night to see what he was like <laughs> when the camera asshole. was on. I mean, because he mentions the next night on Raw his meatball sandwich, like, you know, so maybe he actually had to... You had a really bad experience. The food was meant to be mucking to yeah. be New York. There's a big so. shit in his meatball sub. Like, it's poor, I feel bad for poor old Billy Gunn because he, you know, he says, "Why is he feeling that's pathetic?" As we all know, that's pathetic. It's a phrase. It's not a feeling. So I'm wondering if maybe his next gimmick should be Billy Gunn. Can I borrow a feeling? <laughs> Can I borrow a feeling? <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, the King of the Ring finals. As Kurt Angle takes on Edgar McGregor. <laughs> the return of Edgar McGregor. God damn. I love how Edge sells his ribs here. He's coming yeah. out like, you know. Looking so, he's got that, there's a, just a look about him where mm. he has got that sort of underdog like, come on Edge, let's do it Edge. Let's see you turn face and win this thing. Because they keep talking about how oh, Kurt managed to wrestle two or three matches here tonight. But like Kurt's done... You know, in the last three months, he's done two out of three falls. He's done uh, three stages of hell. He's done ultimate submission. He's proved that he can do the big Iron Man matches. And you've got, like, Paul Heyman talking about how Edge is usually a tag team wrestler, and now he's wrestled twice in a night. It's not his, you know, usual spiel. He's a proper underdog. And we cut immediately to a sign that says, Edge will so win the King of the (laughs) (laughs) Ring. I love here. Kurt Angle grabs the microphone and he emphasizes, you know, that you know they're buds, they're friends, like, and they shake hands. I just love this. The crowd starts chatting, asking, "Goes, hey, don't listen to the edge." <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. He goes, "Look, realistically, we both know you can't win. 
And I have to wrestle Shane later. So you might as well give me a bye. Okay, I won't have to embarrass you. I'll be fresh for Shane. I'll be okay. And he goes, come on, Edge. I think I know you. <laughs> like the song! <laughs> Yay! And Edge just goes straight for him. And that's yeah. a real, like, boom, babyface moment for Edge Definitely. right there. You know, and, and Kurt is someone who will you get Edge, I think, to the next level later mm. on down the line. So, yeah, really excited to see this match. Right off the bat, we get some really quick action. Not like... I remember King of the Ring 98, 99, we had quarterfinals and semis, and by the time we got to the finals, everyone was fucking... The crowd were miserable yeah. and gassed. Even though it's heel versus heel, in, in, in some respects, Edge is obviously a face now, I guess. But the crowd are still into this. They're yeah. really into it. Yeah. They can watch Kurt wrestle all night. Leaps and bounds from like last year or 99. Absolutely. I will say, did we not used to have quarterfinals on the pay-per-view as well? Yeah. I think yeah. going straight into semis makes a huge difference yeah, on I the show so. as a whole. Yeah, I think maybe the opening package was them interviewing King of the Ring competitors after it. Like, my mind is broken. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt hits a belly-to-belly suplex over the ropes to the fucking floor right at the start. Oh, my God. So, Curry's just dominating, you know. And this is amazing that Curry, it looks like he is going to be, you know, he's going three matches here tonight and he looks like he's even breaking a sweat. Yes, it's fucking scary. He dominates and every single time Edge gets a few little bits of hope, it's immediately cut off. And you've got, like, Kurt doing this really like bullying grappling on the ground where he's just like spinning around he's like he's really taking advantage of Edge Paul gets annoyed that JR isn't complimenting his commentary so much so he's randomly goes oh it's okay I'll do it great point there Paul (laughs) (laughs) Angle Slam gets encountered into a paler into the ankle lock into a quick roll up where you get the egg-o-matic but Christian who just comes out of nowhere like he's there, hey guys, fucking distracts the referee, awful. I swear, sorry, the egomatic is what Wallace in Wallace and Gromit uses to make his breakfast every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Get a ref bump, ankle lock is locked in and Edge taps out immediately. Look, you're finding ways here that's like, you know, Edge I don't think is can be Kerrangle. That's the obvious yeah. thing yeah. you're saying here. And that's not a bad thing. Even as a face, it's... It's okay that Edge is below Kurt. They very rarely feel comfortable doing that a lot of the time. It's like the heel is fundamentally stronger and better than the you know the the younger guy. It's yeah. still all right to want the the good guy to win, even yeah. though he's not as good. You want him to win. Well, that's what an underdog is. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You don't just lose all the time. Yeah. There you fucking go. Try that to be. <laughs> Shane McMahon appears and spears Kurt a beautiful spear and it's a shame that Edge that's his finisher and he's at the third best spear on the pay-per-view yeah. <laughs> so wait a minute Shane McMahon is now gonna cost Kurt Angle his king of the ring but when earlier on JR he helped Kurt I can't do it for him who's <laughs> that but basically they can't figure out what Shane's motivation no. is because he the- helped him earlier and now he's going against Kurt the, the, the closest they come is they, they think that it'll be a slap in the face if the owner of WCW beats the WWF king of the ring mm-hmm. yeah. that's what they think at one point yeah but now he doesn't want Kurt to be yeah. king of the ring and they're confused all God, over God, they, they literally like, go to like the least obvious. Like, yeah. They, they must have went backstage and we're going to talk about money and payoffs and make it seem a little bit real. It's like, yeah, that's fine, but be a moron. <laughs> they've, okay. They've obviously never heard of Occam's Razor. <laughs> <laughs> so we get the Impaler and Egg wins. All hail King Egg, which is Benedict, by the way. That is the king of eggs. Okay, so, you know, you have wanted to know. Florentine's better anyway. What? Fuck off. <laughs> Come on. 
guy thinks he knows you think you know your eggs like, you think you on. know eggs you think you know <laughs> that was a fucking awesome match that was Love really it. great Love brilliant it. yeah am I right in saying that that's possibly the best King of the Ring final since Shamrock and Rock Yes, yeah, you are right yeah. in saying that. Definitely. And even that one dragged a little bit. They went too really? long, I think. This was perfect. I mean, yeah. it was overbooked. It was a bit zany. Like, why was Christian there? But mm. I thought if you're going to have Kurt lose, and now Kurt is incensed, oh, man. Mm-hmm. You've just made me somehow even more excited for Shane versus Kurt later. Plus, you've also set up the whole sort of, like, Christian will immediately be like, hey, yeah, G.I. was only there to cheer you on and be your mate. But it's yeah. very clear that he's got other things on his mind backstage Chris Benoit is with just call me Barry okay I'm Barry I'll be Barry tonight Barry Taz Barry (laughs) Taz is just his surname because he's orange like my old cat Barry isn't it yeah yeah he's dumpy like Barry from EastEnders like sad and he also gets his hands caught on the carpet like Barry used to as well (laughs) (laughs) JR I'm caught what's going on (laughs) I'm caught JR Chris awkwardly and angrily doesn't answer the question. Yeah, he says it's a good question, but does it deserve a good answer? And just walks off. Thanks, Chris. It's definitely Austin, by the way. <laughs> it's definitely Austin. The problem here, though, is that like Benoit is like, so, he's just not good on the mic. No, no, no just, charisma. Like he was, he would be scary on the mic sometimes. But yeah. face Benoit on Quote the mic. the crippler no more. Uh, and he's like rubbing on. Even Jericho seemed awkward by comparison. Yeah. I kind of feel like this is your big moment, and with these promos, you just kind of reaffirmed a lot of prejudice. I think Vince would have against these lads. Oh, DDP is still antsy as well. Yeah, you patient. Yeah. Antsy is the word I used as well. Ah, yeah. Yeah. he's got antsy in his pantsies. Yeah. They showed the footage he was picking his nose at one point. That was what DDP was. That's doing. about as salacious as it gets, really. Yeah. That was the stuff that was rated PG. <laughs> the nose picking from my personal collection. <laughs> Just head over to clipsforsale.com. Says DDP nose picking fetish. I'm right here on the taker I'm the guy with the sign (laughs) Coach is backstage with Egg Well Edge congratulations you are the 2001 king of the ring How does that sound? Uh, 2001 king of the ring I really like the sound of that 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 reeks of royalty (laughs) Dude, Dude Congratulations You know when I came out earlier I was just trying to help you know that's all I was doing. What else would you be coming out for? Nothing, just, just to help you. Hey, I'm gonna go get some balloons to celebrate. <sighs> so begins the era of awesomeness. <laughs> yeah! Winning reeks of royalty. Oh. And Kristen shows up and says, Hey man, I was just out there to wish you good luck. I was just trying to help. I'm gonna go get some balloons. Mm. Keep an eye on that fella. Keep an eye on that stinker Christian, huh? Kurt... Angle is literally crying backstage. It has a big old oh. meltdown here. In front of, I love the way Kurt always just. I would always, if my heart of hearts ever got to be a, an extra, and if you go back in time, I would always want to be one of the voiceless security guards who always has to stand as Kurt Angle freaks out about God knows what. Because like. <laughs> Kurt would just go in, like, talk to these randomers and be like, hi, oh, you know, just talk about his accomplishments for ages in these segments. And now he's just going on having this conversation with himself. He's like basically saying that he's going to make sure that Vince McMahon will blackball any WCW guys and they'll have to all go on welfare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, this, was, uh, this is going to tell you something here. It's, uh, I didn't even realize that this match was on the card, mm-hmm. even though I've just watched it like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Hardy versus Evolution. Sorry, 
Jeff Hardy versus Natural Selection. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Jeff Hardy versus uh, the, actually the Earth not being flat, probably. No, whoops, sorry, it's X-Pac. That's what he's That's taking the one. on. There we go. For the light heavyweight title. Yeah. It's back. Genuinely forgot that Jeff had this belt. Mm-hmm. Genuinely forgot that this belt even existed. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Belly around. And as we're heading to the ring, we start getting a big plug. What's the big new thing that's coming up, folks? Tough enough! Yeah, of course. I was about to go, we are wilding, you know? But that was NXT season one, not uh, tough enough. So, a tough enough season one, that was, uh, oh, that was. That was Maven's Mayf- <laughs> entrance music. You know and I see enough. my fantasy and there's a man. It's great. I fucking love Maven. I love Tough Enough. Can't wait to review a little bit fucking of that. I love Maven. <laughs> love Maven. You know, I love Maven. sentence has never been said. Love Maven, man. Love Maven. Love Maven selling this Tough Enough trophy on eBay. Oh. Love Maven being spotted bouncing in a bar in New York and pretending oh. he's not Maven. They get really upset. I've never seen that. People. Yeah. If you go to that bar and you say he's Maven, he will not let you in that bar. <laughs> Even though it is literally a fact. <laughs> Maven as well. Maven. Maven. Yeah. yeah. What Maven. about me? What about Maven? <laughs> so I think we will probably have to do a little bit of tough enough on the on the side. I reckon. I maybe, think that yeah. sounds like fun. A cheeky little uh, look into tough I've, enough. I haven't seen glance. any tough enough of any of its incarnations. So All I remember cool. about tough enough is there was a lad called I think Daryl and he had smelly shorts. <laughs> And at one point, they had to make a board game as an activity, and it was like, you smell Daryl's smelly shorts, you lose a turn. (laughs) And then they eliminated him. (laughs) Get out of here, stinky. (laughs) He's like, hey, I'm a big guy, but there's a lot of big guys in wrestling. You're cut, get out. (laughs) No big guys in wrestling. What's quite funny that Tough Enough is their kind of new aspiring hope because you know this is 2001 and something that they're not talking about. The XFL. The XFL. It's gone all of a sudden. Yeah, a couple of uh, weeks ago we had our million dollar game. The word on the street is, and this is pure fucking rumour, this is just dirt sheets and forums and rumblings from back in the day, but the word on the street was, was that after... WCW got purchased and all that. Apparently Vince didn't care. He was apparently, for the first time ever... Content. No, he was down in the dumps. Oh, really? Because of the XFL, he apparently took it very personally. The fact that NBC wouldn't, you know, play ball with him. The fact that the partners wouldn't try and make another go of it. The fact that it literally fell apart. And everyone was laughing at Dick Buckus' name. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And uh, The Undertaker, he was pretty shit as well, wasn't he? (laughs) Let's get all our controversial opinions out at once, lad. It's all right. Fuck Lemmy. (laughs) (laughs) He mocks God! He mocks God! (laughs) X-Pac. Yeah. Part of the X-Factor. Looks like we're dealing with the X-Factor. Looks like we're dealing with the fact that they did not pay to use this music. Yeah, Yeah, I heard. Just fucking took it. it. Just took it. Take that, Uncle Cracker. <laughs> it's ours now. Sorry, he's still living on follow me money. Like, it's uh, alright, he can, he can lose this one. Wait, that's the same guy? Yeah, yeah. as heard in Shanghai Noon. Oh my god, I'd love x to come out to that. Follow me, <laughs> I'll be the one to tuck you in and uh, And if you want to be, I'll guarantee I won't make some noise that's like me. Not <laughs> 
fucking hell. <laughs> so we're playing this is all you use cow with the beach boys. <laughs> we're pushing Adam to the edge here now with all this noise and egg jokes. <laughs> Xbox looking real jack, baby. Looking real jack. Mm, mm. Fucking huge. He's got triple H arms. You can't put him down yeah. all the way. He's got kind Wobbling. of balloon arms here tonight. Paul E. puts over X-Pac elevating light heavyweights in America, saying that in Japan it was always that the light heavyweights were the stars and that X-Pac was the first person to really put light heavyweights on the map in America. I'm not necessarily sure if that's 100% true, but it was just cool that he kind of that's the route accredits it. Yeah. A, a bit of a style there. Really fast action between these two. Really, really. They're fucking rough with each other as well. Like They give each other some stiff legs. Yeah, I'll tell you something. One move I never want to take is a spin kick from X-Pac after no. against the ropes. Mm. People give RVD shit that he's always knocking people out with that, but X-Pac did it just as much and he's supposed safe WWF mm. guy. So Jeff misses a whisper in the wind. When X-Pac gets an abdominal stretch locked in on him, the ref oddly starts doing Akira Tozawa's gimmick. Did you notice this? No. In Greenwich, where he said he was going to be, Terry Austin with a must-win situation here. Has X-Pac getting an unfair advantage here? He goes over to Jeff Hardy and he usually kind of goes, do you want to tap? Do you, do you give up? And so he just goes, ha, 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 ha. I thought, is that X Pac? Is it the referee? Like, <laughs> like give me the fucking abdominal stretch. The little man going, ha 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 ha. <laughs> Fuck off! Leave me alone. I like, loved uh, X Pac doing a little spinneroonie on top of Jeff. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, I loved that. Yeah, he was like spinning all over him yeah. here at the start. I think they were trying to show that. Like, I think they wanted the light heavyweight division to not be like a cruiserweight division. They wanted to be fast, but not like dives. A bit more wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like the Japanese light heavyweights, yeah. I guess. The Bronco Buster misses, and these two have a fucking awful, awful botch in the corner. Xbox tries to jump over Jeff, but Jeff is in the wrong position. They both oh, splat yeah. into yeah. each other. Oh, God, it's really fucking awful. And then Jeff goes for Whisper in the Wind again. But all of his arse and his whole weight goes right in Xbox's fucking face. Mm-hmm. He kills him. Horrible looking. This is like, I mean, this match, but at this point, I'm like, hey, I'm enjoying this. But you've reached the point now where there's been so many potatoes and botches where I'm like, I want it to end. I'm because yeah. comfortable, yeah. Yeah, you guys are going to kill each other. Like, So we get the X Factor, but the three count is broken because Jeff Hardy gets the ropes. He gets the Swanton Bomb. And he picks up the win. It was a fun match. Yeah, good little match. ropey as fuck. Yeah. Like, Jeff Hardy is a singles competitor. What do you think? Uh, I'm not a big fan of Jeff, to be honest with you. I've not seen his big singles run that everyone raves oh, about. Yeah. But I've only ever liked him as part of a tag team. They had, like, this is the brief period where Jeff got a little bit of a mini push. As the other way, Edge was getting a bit of a mini yeah. push here. Jeff as well, because Jeff... He beat Triple H for the Intercontinental Belt because Austin Triple H had the World Belt, the Intercontinental Belt, and the Tag Belts, and they were like unstoppable. Mm. And then Jeff one night in SmackDown just so happened to beat Triple H, and he was the champion for one night. IC champion, he beat Triple H. So he got a bit of a rub there. Yeah. But I think what's apparent from this is that I don't want to say, oh, it's all his fault because X Pac fucked up here too, but I don't think he's necessarily the single star that they think he is no, just yet. A yeah. little bit of a way to go. Ah, my favorite thing backstage. It's William Regal and Tajiri. Yeah. Can you believe it? What an incredible King of the Ring tournament. We have a new king. What am I going to think of? Yes, I know you liked it, but you know, I cannot wait to see that miserable specimen Shane McMahon get his commitment. Ah. Look, 
Yeah, it's Steve. Steve Austin. Vince is Stone Cold Steve Austin, the World Wrestling Federation Champion. I'm doing fine. How are you? Listen, listen, listen. Someone's starting a rumor. They said if Chris Benoit or Chris Jericho wins the title for me tonight, that they're, they're going to defect to WCW. They're going to defect to WCW. Listen to me. I'm not. I'm not lying. Hold, hold it. Tell me. Mr. McMahon, Steve Austin, Steve is telling the truth. If you can't trust him, who can you trust? I mean, they're going to defect the W's. I need you. Where are you? What are you doing? Tell your driver to get in the car and haul your ass over here. I need you. Greenwich ain't that far. You can still make it. Listen. All right. I'm looking forward to seeing you. All right. Thank you, Vince. Please hurry. Bye. Did you know about this pairing? No. Oh, I, think, my I don't God. think so, at least. It's brilliant. So Tajiri is brought in to. You know, ECW is closed yeah. down, and Tajiri literally shows up with his CV to the commissioner's office, who's William Regal. And he's like, Regal doesn't even read it because it's like in Japanese. He's just like, look, I need some help around here. So, look, if you just like be my assistant. Uh, we'll get you a match at some point. I'll get you a tryout. And Regal in kayfabe didn't know who Tajiri was. Like he'd never seen ECW. Of course, why would he? He's yeah. William Regal, you know. So he has this guy acting as like essentially his servant. So he's like pouring him tea, showing people in and out of the door. Tajiri doesn't speak any English at all the whole time. And then it was actually the King of the Ring qualifiers. There was an open spot, and William was like. You know what, Tajiri? I'm going to give you a little bit of a reward. You get a chance to be in the King of the Ring and you get to face Crash Holly. And he's like, oh God, you'll probably lose, but sure, go out anyway. And Tajiri comes out in his old ECW gear to William Regal's music. <laughs> and Regal's like, you know, waving in front of him, mugging for the camera. And Crash Holly comes out and he's like, this is just William Regal's like, guy who pours his tea. And then Tajiri does... Tajiri, which yeah. I, when I was 12, had never seen anything like mm -hmm. Tajiri. I'd seen great. him in ECW. Tajiri. Oh my God, that he just kicked the shit out of yeah. Crash Holly. I'd never seen anyone do the big kicks, you mm -hmm. know, and he just beats him down, he does the head kick and all this stuff. And the best thing about it is he murderizes Crash Holly and Willie Regal cuts to him and he's like, oh my God, what? Have I, <laughs> what? He, he's my, oh my God, he didn't know he had this yeah. in him. And, the only reason why Tajiri got out of the King of the Ring was that uh, Regal was like gave him bad instructions. He was winning the match. He's like, oh, climb up to the top rope and do a spin move. That would be good, wouldn't it? And he loses. So this whole story of these two being together, despite the fact that they can't understand each other, yet they're friends and Regal is the worst. I just love it. Are we going to get a Regal versus Tajiri match? Oh, I can't say just oh, yet. okay. But this is a, this is just one of those important on-camera relationships that will be throughout the invasion yeah, in one way okay. or another. So it's important to, to bear that in mind. Did anyone here know about what Austin did with Tajiri? No. 
So Austin was very upset about the fact that he's in this triple threat match here tonight and Vince won't have any, you know, won't help him out anymore. So he wants to go and get like a petition signed for the match being unfair. And the only person in the world who will hear old Stone Cold's worries because everyone else he's alienated is Tajiri. I can't even understand him. Like. And literally he's to be there going, Tajiri, I can't believe it. Vince won't even talk to me anymore. Got this triple threat match. Can you believe it? I can't. It's so. It's ridiculous. And Tajiri's just like speaking Japanese. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the best thing ever was like later on in the night, he goes to Vince. He's like, I'm going to get this. This is match. Uh, you know, going to get this match cancelled. Vince's like, Look, the match is going on, Steve. There's nothing I can do. You're going to have to defend the belt in this match. End of story. And he stormed and going, Oh, this is just like what Tajiri said would happen. <laughs> <laughs> like he's his special friend. Amazing. So Austin comes in and he is struggling with his mobile phone. <laughs> he's like, What the fuck is this? I just want to play Space Impact. I love this. He's so unhinged yeah. and literally losing all of his marbles. Like, you've got William Regal looking at Stone Cold, like, Are you alright, mate? Like, when you've got people like William Regal looking down their nose at Stone Cold, I think it just makes him seem more dangerous and more unstable and unpredictable. I'm really a big fan of this heel turn. I'm, I'm enjoying it. He's so unhinged because he'd be all goofy like this one second and the next minute he'd like... Like Spike Dudley tore up his petition and he stunned Molly Holly. He stunned Molly Holly. Like yeah. he would just like snap and like if he was gonna beat someone up, he wouldn't just hit you with the stunner. He'd get the chair. Do you know what he did to the rock at WrestleMania yeah, seventeen? Yeah. He'd do that to like everyone. He'd just like fucking kill him with the chair, the pointy end. So you got that mixture of weird comedy wackiness and also this guy's danger. So people are acting like He's weird, but I'm so scared I don't want to set him off. Yeah. And that's such a great dynamic. He grabs William Regal's phone to ring on Vince and tell him about the problem. And he goes, Vince, it's Steve. Steve Austin. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin, the WWF champion. So Vince says, yeah, he'll, he'll try and get there, even though he's an hour and a half away. So Vince said to him he wasn't going to be here tonight. This was his kind of mm. his last chance to prove himself. So interesting to see how this develops. Oh, guess what we got? Some more uh, more footage of DDP. Mm. I am in full control, dead man. <laughs> <laughs> I do love this little bit of DDP getting to the arena because you see him walk past people and they don't stop the camera in time. You just see him stop. It's like, hey, how are you guys doing? <laughs> All these people who are tailgating, like he just stops that, like, eat a hot dog or something. Guys, King of the Ring is like my favourite paper concept <laughs> of all time. It's so fun. I love the tournaments. So he calls out Undertaker. He goes into the ring. He says, come on out here and let's just see who's going to get their ass whooped. Let's guys, just let's just see. Anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation after all. Oh, it turns out it's not Undertaker filming, though, is it, Adam? Who yeah. is it? Well, the camera turns around and she's like, Hey, it's me, Sarah. <laughs> she got no reaction. Who the fuck is Sarah? The one that was being stalked. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> she's, not, she's literally a prop in this angle. Like, she's meant to be DDP stalking her so that the Undertaker will beat up DDP. And now you're meant to be like, Oh, shit, Sarah's getting involved. 
it's I just feel uncomfortable about the whole thing because I mean in one in one way shape or form I'm kind of like oh I want to see Sarah get her revenge on this guy but mm. another thing it's like she's all like smiling hey yeah I'm having a bit of fun by Way. stalking you this is the same as what you did to me it's not no it's kind of <laughs> minimising the stalking don't you think yeah it's ridiculous and uh, so Sarah says that you now Undertaker's coming to get you and then we get my favourite of all the entrance musics which is the big shoe entrance music <laughs> He comes out and his shirt says, Try me, I'll make you famous. I literally just got rid of like 20 extra wrestling t shirts I had because I had my closet was heaving. And already I want the, a new one, and it's, it's this. I need to find Try <laughs> Me, and I'll make you famous. Adam, I got rid of my fucking Nexus shirt. I need Did to fit. I would have had that. <laughs> Let me know next time you're doing this. Mate, you haven't got Big Nasty Bastard by any I've not, no, but Adam, okay, you're either Nexus or against us, and quite frankly. <laughs> all right, you're, 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 you're a little bit more on the Darren Young side of things. You're not Skip <laughs> Sheffield, okay? So, he very, very slowly. Puts on his gloves. So his fists don't get bloody. I thought it started like, oh, he's coming out and he's not wearing his gloves, so he's got to fucking really do yeah. something. Oh, he's putting them on. Okay, never mind. Wants to be a bit safe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hurt my hands. Big jeans. <laughs> yeah. Rolling down the line. <laughs> Makes me comfy. This is, <laughs> this is proper booger red, isn't yeah. it? Like full on ginger hair, big blue jeans. All right, I'll tell you right now, you're the number one thing that's terrible about this segment. What's DDP wearing? The exact same thing. What's he got down here? Have you noticed what he's wearing on his shoes? Did not, know. Oh, God. This was what, as a kid, this fucking murdered me. I didn't even notice. No, what? He had dorky white socks on him. White socks? Yeah, he's wearing all black, but then he's got these big white socks, like massive ones. And who's just fucking come off TV doing the whole gimmick where we spent all summer, all of 2000, talking about how lame and shitty white socks were? Stephen Richards. Fucking Stephen Richards. People in my school, older years, would beat up younger students who wore white socks and go, Fucking Stevie Richards! <laughs> Fucking hell. You don't wear no white socks. You look like a dink. <laughs> he looks like such a dink. Because straight away, he like, come on, Undertaker. And he hits him. And like, his fucking jeans go all the way up. It's like, oh no, my silly white socks. <laughs> he wouldn't look more lame if he's wearing like fucking pajamas or something when he's fighting. It looks so shit. Undertaker beats up DDP to ever dwindling applause. Yeah. This is so awkward. Not hitting moves. It's just punch, kick, go over there, punch, kick. Sarah's here. She's got a camcorder. Punch, kick. I like when Undertaker does his kneeling. Punches. DDP's face when he's doing those punches is like so cartoonish, it really made me laugh. In everything about, like, it's so simple, all of this, because I was thinking if DDP is writing all this down, he only had one side of A4 with him this week, because it's like, (laughs) punch, punch, kick, punch. But what's really bad is, yeah, the selling, it's. There's such a disconnect between the WWF style and the WCW style. Yeah. And you've got fucking Taker doing his big soup bones and Paige going, Oh! <laughs> like fucking mugging for the camera <laughs> like he's been shot in police squad or something. It's so ridiculous. So Sarah starts filming DDP there, doesn't she? Yeah. Oh man, this is like a... This is a ironic, isn't it? Isn't that what that is? Yeah. 
What's going on here? And Taker goes, This is your chance to be famous, bitch. I hope you like it. And Sarah laughs. Mm. They're having a lovely time. This is just a nice couple's date. Isn't it Sarah like, and Taker. you know, they got their Orange Wednesday codes. They've got their camcorder. They've got a stalker to beat up. <laughs> He's got silly white... I started running down here again. These socks are so fucking silly. I can't take this. <laughs> Killing it's ridic- you. It is. Like, what really killed DDP's career? Seriously, we think about it. Those socks, aren't they? Huh? I don't know about that. When you've got him literally on his hands and knees begging off to him, like, please, Undertaker, I don't want to be famous no more. This is so bad because he's like, he's on his hands and knees begging and he's just going, oh, please, I was really hoping he got the microphone. He goes, Undertaker, please, I'm begging you. Make me famous! <laughs> <laughs> Not all you got. The last night, he's just, uh, we get him slithering away and JR goes, DDP, I guess he's as framer says his body will stand. Ouch. Yeah. Like, DDP's like 47. He's old here, basically, mm. pretty much. The reason why he came mm. here is because he knew he only had a year or two left. And it's basically like, you're too old, you big weirdo. Fuck off. Awful. No Awful. last ride, no chokeslam, no nothing. Tell you what, though, final thoughts on this segment, guys? Gee, camcorders sure were big in 2001. (laughs) We've come a long way. There's a lot to take away from that segment as a result. Your first introduction. Is this the first introduction to DDP and WWF? I mean... Uh, Yeah, I think so, yeah. Where do you think he's going to go? I mean, because he's the top guy they've brought in at the moment. Yeah, probably nowhere. (laughs) Honestly. Do you see him getting any title opportunities or working with anyone else in particular? Something small. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think we need to say you won't see where DDP is going mm. with this angle. Okay. It's, yeah. Oh, Jesus. No, I don't so know. fucking weird. Backstage, Steve Austin, who inexplicably is wearing a watch over his wrist tape, is pacing <laughs> in the parking lot and in waiting for Vince McMahon in the maddest way possible, grabs a random member of staff. How long does it take to get here from Greenwich? How long does it take? Fucking jumping off the walls here. He needs Vincent Mann. He needs, he's like his blankie. He needs yeah, Vince. Really. He needs to smell them shoulder pads, otherwise, no. he can't wrestle. Coming up next, the match we all came to see the street fight. Kurt Angle taking on Shane McMahon. I'm an American hero. I'm an Olympic champion. The fact that I stand for truth, justice, in the American way pretty much classifies me as a damn superhero. So let me get right down to it. Now, Kurt, you have your three eyes. But, Kurt, I also have three letters. And those letters are WCW. So what? The WCW starting soon? Nobody cares! What people care about is my award ceremony! So do you mind? Kurt, before I was so rudely interrupted, I just want to make sure that you understand, again, what WCW means. But W also stands for, I don't know, Wussy. Oh my God, the angle slam from atop the metal stand. Kurt Angle, irate that Shane McMahon has interrupted this bogus Olympic ceremony. When Lex Luger rained on Superman's parade, he got hurt. And Shane, you're going to get hurt too. I want Shane McMahon to come into this building, into this arena. I want him to come into my ring. I dare Shane McMahon to come. 
come into my ring. Shane, for once in your life, don't be a coward. Wait, there's Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon, oh, he just delivered the angle slam to Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle will never forget the name of Shane McMahon. All the messes are Kurt Angle from Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon, since you happen to be from the main streets of Greenwich, Kurt Angle challenge you, Shane McMahon, a king of the ring, to a street fight. Now the fight between WWF and WCW is on. Shane McMahon, kendo stick in hand to the king of the ring. Quick recap of this feud. Kurt Angle has the three eyes, but Shane McMahon has got WCW. Rick and roll, yeah. Uh. Those are also three letters. And he said the W would stand for whining, and C would stand for crybaby. Mate, those are your letters, mate. He's got intensity, intelligence, and yeah. integrity. You've got fucking nothing. Whining, crying, and the third one is wussy. Yeah. Wussy! Which seems to be the one that causes the, the, the most uh, indignation and indignation. pain. Yeah, absolutely. Kurt is reenacting his Olympic medal ceremony for yeah. no reason. Just doing Just it. Just doing it. Well, the reason he did is because um, he had a feud with Chris Benoit who stole his medal and kept it in his jock the whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he's celebrating getting it he, back. He got his medal back, finally. The best moment of that is when he had to sneak into uh, Chris Benoit's... Uh, oh, you don't know this, do you? Chris Benoit used to keep the, the medal he stole in, near his willy, right? So Krangle, uh, he laid out Chris Benoit and he had to reach mm-hmm. in and he took it out very carefully and slowly mm-hmm. and then he kissed yeah. it. And he, he, then he pulled the face because <laughs> it was weird. And then, of course, Taz with the line of the century went, Oh man, Cole, that's got to be tangy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and then it turns out, though, it was a, a hilarious April trick that Chris Benoit played because he gets on the microphone and he goes, Looks like those medals are actually made of chocolate instead. That's right, Kurt. They're candy. Just like your ass. Oh, Benoit. Now, here's the question I have to ask you. Does it not, if anything, underscore how cold Chris Benoit is as an individual that he was able to keep chocolate medals (laughs) near the dick, which is a hot part of the body, like that's where blood can flow, and it didn't melt? Fucking ice veins, am I right? Quite impressive. Very, very impressive. how different that segment would be if Kurt reached in there and just pulled out a handful of like brown, gooey. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) It pulls in, pulls out his dick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's got to be tangy cool. (laughs) What's what's worse, Benoit versus Angle for the medal or Angle versus Eugene? Oh, no. Why do you always bring up Eugene? (laughs) Because Eugene had a match for the medal. He did. The medal has been put on the line far too many times, I guess. But Eugene the, lost, by the way. He did, yeah. In about, in about four minutes. <laughs> it was embarrassing for everyone involved. Jeez, I've only known you 30 seconds and you're already made, making me mentally challenged. I can't even talk. 
So we had Shane McMahon interrupting the ceremony for Kurt finally getting back his real medals. The highlight of all this feud is essentially like Kurt Angle gave the Olympic Slam off a podium to Shane McMahon onto the confetti, which like exploded to a big flume. And just a shot of like Kurt go, yeah, like Shane is like lying dead with confetti all Mm. over him is like one of my favourite images in wrestling ever. So Shane McMahon is basically saying he's trying to do this almost to get like notoriety for himself in WCW. Kurt Angle views himself, he's saying, I'm a, I'm a superhero, I'm Superman. And when Lex Luger got in Superman's face, he got his ass kicked. So he's basically saying like, I'm the superhero, you're like the rich, normal human. The regular dude. Yeah, yeah. you're Lex Luger, like, and Lug- you're going to lose Lug- your hair, Shane McMahon. Lex Luthor? He called him Luger, though. Did he really? Yeah. No, he called him Lex Luger, not Lex Luthor. No, Luger. Luger. Kurt's kryptonite is written on Shane McMahon's shirt, which I think is really, really awesome. The third match for Kurt Angle here tonight. You wouldn't know when he comes out. No. It's the only reason this works, though, I think. In my opinion, I think if you have Shane going toe to toe with a wrestling god like Kurt Angle, it's silly that Shane can, you know, hold up his own. Yeah. But the fact that this is Kurt's third match of the night makes it like, well, actually, Shane has got a chance because Kurt's knackered. Unlike this year's WrestleMania, when you had Shane going like with AJ Styles for 15 minutes, one of the best wrestlers on the planet. I don't like Shane being made to look that OP because he is still a guy. Like. Yeah, you need it because like when he's a face, you just need to kind of make it so you acknowledge that he has got limitations and you work around that. Yeah. Like when there's stuff with him and Big Show when he was a face, it was like you know he had Test helping him, or it was like a match Last Man Standing, and he had like an ether and shit like yeah. that. Whereas, he's a good fighter, but he can't wrestle with the wrestlers, so he needs a prop or something like a crutch. Yeah, but I guess. You know, uh, Shane McMahon, when he got way older, just became way better. And, yeah. you know, that's thing that may look like he's gassed. It's actually just focus. Uh, he's really good at wrestling. I hope he wrestles Brock Lesnar. Ah, oh, God. <laughs> you know he wants to. <laughs> Kurt Angle goes full force right out the bat. And I actually listened. There's an amazing thing. It was from, it was like, I think WWF Confidential, which isn't on the network, but the clip is up online. You can find it. It's literally Shane McMahon talking through the entire match, like every single thing that happened. In shoot. In shoot. Like the whole, it's like 20 minutes of video of him explaining everything and, you know, what he, you know, what it meant to him doing the match. And pretty much straight away, when you see Kurt and he gets bloodied, that was Shane potatoing. He bammed him Mm. right in the face. And Kurt, like, he basically was going a little bit real here, for lack of a better term, because you see Kurt, he's covered in blood, and he's like, get the fuck in the ring! He's lost it! He's like, get in the ring now! We're going to fucking wrestle! And this all this opening sequence where Kurt is like, come in here, wrestle me! And like Shane was like, oh, I love this, because this was an opportunity for me to see, like, how good is it? Because I've done a little wrestling, I've not much, but I want to see how good he is. So he went in, just like, they did a shoot, like, this wrestling stuff here. Nice. And Kurt just spin around him, smacking him in yeah. the back of the head. Pissed off. Oh, man. I can watch a bully shoot wrestler for days. Yeah. I love that so much. Well, you got Shane all crumpled up in the corner, and Kurt just stands over him and goes, there's no way you're in my league, McMahon. Like, oh, fucking man. lovely story. Fucking brilliant. He's incensed right from the get-go. He's got a rage that he didn't have in the first two matches. Like, it's just dialed up. He's covered in spit and blood. He demands a second takedown uh, contest. He's yeah. like, "Come on, get in the ring!" And Shane goes in, and Shane's like, "Hmm." He kicks him in the ribs <laughs> and elbow drops him. It's fucking brilliant. 
Angle's doing some great, great stuff here. Big throws and suplexes. Absolutely awesome. They head to the outside. Shane McMahon just starts diving over everything that is nailed down. He jumps over the announce table, over JR and Heyman, which is amazing. He then gets out the kendo stick, which was Shano's kind of weapon of choice. He burst that thing. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, he Walking smashed out. it. Incredible. There's so many amazing moments in this match. Like, a lot of people remember this for being... You know, the big blood and the yeah. glass. You know, the, the CZW aspects of yeah. it. There's a lot more to it. There's so much more to it. Like, for instance, when Kurt keeps kicking out and doing the neck bridge, where he's kicking out and he's, like, literally at a, at a bridge angled up yeah. and it's all on his neck and he's just got this, like, fucking intense look on his face. And this is a man who has a history of neck problems. It's just like, whoa. He's, like, fucking... It's like Dragon Ball Z or yeah. some shit. Like, you know, it's the next power level. Ankle lock by Shane McMahon after he's taken out a few of them toys. He gets reversed and then we get the uh, Shane shooter. The sharpshooter. Him and the Rockin have a battle for who is the worst application <laughs> yeah. of it. He only falls over the once though. Shane jumps over Kurt's kendo stick shot. He like goes swoop and he's whoop. Complete fucking dodge. Incredible. I'm like, you gotta hand it to Shane because... You know, he does a lot of gimmicky stuff and a lot of things that's just, you know, weapons and going through things. But he busts out like a shooting star mm -hmm. press here. He does it better than Billy Kidman ever fucking could. He's you know? an athlete still. Yeah. He hasn't had as much training as everyone else is all it is. Oh, and he misses it and he hits the fucking trash can. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> so, we get a very iconic shot here. Kurt Angle does the belly-to-belly -belly suplex on the ramp. Does anyone remember what this is from? What is, oh yeah, it's from the Bodies Have Been Bruised video, right? Uh, I think I broke my tailbone. <laughs> 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 and just so you know, as fun as it is, Kurt legitimately did think he broke his tailbone here. He got Jesus. really banged up here. These guys really did a number on each other. And that's before we get to the whole thing about this match. Everyone remembers, it's the glass. Do you know the story about what was meant to happen and what happened? I've heard differing stories. I don't know what is true and what's not. Like, there's been stories that, like, oh, they didn't put in the fake glass that they were meant to put in, or Kurt got the wrong panel. So, what definitively, what happened? What I have heard is meant to have happened was that they were, had prearranged it was going to be sugar glass, yeah. which would be easy to go through. But it still fucks you up. Yeah, can still still you can still get bits in there. I mean, look, look at Bossman getting hit in the face with a sugar glass Whoa. picture yeah. before anyone wants to say it, it's grand. The problem was, though, is apparently is that due to that, that would meant there could be no pyro in the night because, you know, it's all the stages, all them glass panels. Mm. So at some point along the way, they decided, let's do pyro. And someone's like, we can't because there's sugar glass and all these panes. And then someone said, we'll just replace them with plexiglass. Oh, okay. Forgetting the original reason uh, why they changed it. Did the wrestlers know? No. Ah. Yeah. That's where you come into problem. No, do do that to the boss's son. Yeah. <laughs> You're not coming back as a contractor, are you, you dickhead? It's fucking crazy. Like he belly to bellies him into it, doesn't go through. Horrible. Lands on his head. Oh god, with such a sick thud. And Shane, when he's describing it in that video, he's like, Yeah, I just like when that happened, the one where he gets hit and he lands right in his head. He was like, he had the checklist in his head. He's like, what's your name? What's the date? Can you feel your fingers? Can you feel your toes? Can you move your, your feet? Like, just doing the, the fucking system crash, restart. That's like. fucking very mature and very level-headed to think that straight Yeah, to, I mean, but I guess he knew that these are the risks involved, yeah. I'm assuming. But 
gotta be some scary stuff because he goes through that and he's not even like he says he can barely even talk to Kurt at this stage and Kurt's like putting him through the second one already and the second one Kurt tries to beat he, he tries to belly to belly him through and he can't and he just goes you're going through and he goes yeah. that's what he said he goes you're going through this glass and fucks him head first these men in a very dangerous precarious situation and position here being on the unex the exposed concrete floor Right from the King of the Ring set. Oh, oh good God Almighty! Shane McMahon thrown with a suplex upside down, and then I think Shane's head just bounced right off the, the concrete floor. Shane McMahon is down, and again, this match cannot be won. But in the ring, you gotta believe it falls down anywhere. Angle might be able to take it right here. Oh, I think Kurt Angle now just needs to bring Shane back to the ring and beat him. Oh, not again. Oh, my God. Right through the The shot of Shane just rolling through while all the glass exploding. And yeah. bear in mind, that's plexiglass. That's, that ain't easy to shatter. Yeah, considerably yeah. harder. Fucking hell. I thought what would have happened, you know, is like the whole thing would just pop out. Like yeah, in the, like the a chamber. Yeah. But the fact it's like, psh, oh, fucking hell. It's like a car crash, really, when you see it to come out. Yeah, it's horrific. Kurt's cut himself all on his arm. Like, it's all, it's glass cuts yeah. these lads have got. And Shane is bleeding everywhere. Mm. To get him back to the ring, he puts him on, like, a little cart, essentially. He has to put him on, like, a wheelie case and push him back. And it's like, when he brings him into the ring, like, he rolls Shane into the ring. Shane's, like, dusty with glass. Yeah, it's like, sad. Oh, like, there's bit, but, like, when the referee's doing his three count, he, like, there's bits of glass all over the ring. Like, they need to get a fucking broom in there or yeah. something. I don't know, is that too much? It Was this too much, given what happened? Because uh, Shane got a big old concussion from this. If it had, if the right glass was there, yeah, it probably would have been fine. Yeah. it's. I don't think it's on the wrestlers. I don't think it's too much. Because if everything had gone right from the perspective of the people in charge of it, yeah, I don't think anyone would have an issue. Shane would probably wouldn't have been concussed. No, yeah. there's a chance he still would have been. But his chances know. are he would have gone straight through on the first belly to belly, yeah. and it wouldn't have been as bad. So I don't think it's on either of those two. I don't think it's on on a writing or performing side of too much. It's from a pure technical standpoint. Mm -hmm. Someone's think, fucked up. Yeah, I think a lot of people are pointing though at this point in time when you're like, this is when they did the infamous like, hey, let's do a TLC match on SmackDown, unadvertised, and that was like the week before, you know, sorry, two weeks before this, and you know, every pay per view you had either you know street fight or yeah. a ladder match. You compare it to '99, mm. the mean or the average risk being taken per show way way higher than it was earlier like the guys who are kind of occupying the mid card in some of these matches now are, I think feeling a little bit obliged to give mm -hmm. you some huge crazy over the top stuff I, I totally see where you're coming from but I do think in terms of it being a sugar glass panel I don't think there was many high risks in this mm. match you get there's a move at the, the finish that's a big move but I mean a belly to belly through sugar glass yes it would be on to like I mean they probably have mats in there so I mean Shane probably was going to get concussed in this match anyway yeah like, but you I, know. I don't think it was necessarily this match is full of big risks yeah. and scary spots I think it's like you say it's because someone in the tech department fucked up and that made this match into more of a horror show than it was even intended to be like, yeah I think it's it's a little, I mean I've watched this match for how to wrestling as well recently and like for a new fan who's only watching the current stuff and seeing like this, it's like, and particularly 
you know, you don't expect to see Kurt Angle involved in this type of a match. No, no. it's very clean. Remember we talked about Armageddon 2000, how weird it was to see Kurt in a hell in the cell. Yeah. Kurt Angle with blood all over his arms. Yeah. Like, Jesus, that's weird. I love Shane's last little flurry, though, where he gets in a couple of shots and he gets the, you know, the angle slam on... I love that Shane is still doing the thing where he's doing his opponent's finishers yeah. and stuff. That's really, really awesome. But we get the board set up and Angle does the super uber duper Angle slam off the top. It's slightly ruined by the ref clearly holding it in place. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, I he, didn't notice that. Yeah, he's just down there, he's just holding it, holding it in there so no one slips. Safety first, Billy. <laughs> I love it because it's like an extra like, kind of a spring. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh. right into the middle of the ring. Kurt Angle wins a war. I think now's as good a time as any to remind everyone to never forget how fucking brilliant Kurt Angle is. Yeah, I know he's great. Like, the best. You know, just fucking... No one, I think, has this many strings to their bow, let's just say. Because he just... He he went into this match and he wrestled it better than any hardcore guy would have. It was more endearing and it was more captivating than so many other, like, street fights we've seen. I fucking love this match. And he's been doing it for less than two years at this point. Jesus. Isn't that... That's the most insane thing to me. Not in WWF for two years, but, like, learning pro wrestling and the craft for that short an amount of time. It's funny, because even though we've only missed, like, literally, I think, three paper... Two pay-per-views, even. Mm. Not many since WrestleMania. And already, Kurt just seems like he's this next tier... He's legit. Yeah, he's just like a proper... He's like a veteran now. He yeah. seems like there's nothing he can't do. Awesome match. Shane gets a standing ovation. Deservedly well, so. Oh, baddie, so. stop it. <laughs> this is going to ruin the invasion. You can't be cheering <laughs> the baddie. He's still meant to be a good guy at this point, though. Like Even though he's WCW. And I guess that's another weird point about it, is that... You got the announcers putting over WCW saying, oh, this is going to change the industry. You got DDP, who's a fucking stalker, and he's meant to be WCW. But then you've got the bad guys, Vince and Austin, being worried about WCW, and Shane McMahon, who's like the fun baby face. He is WCW, so I don't know what the fuck are meant to be feeling at this point. They don't know, I guess. JR says, Kurt Angle is not aware of who he is or what he has done here tonight. And fucking hell, as Shane McMahon has been dragged out, getting that standing ovation, as you mentioned, Billy, JR says, that was Shane McMahon's last match. Yeah, just <laughs> outright. Like, normally they sort of go, I wonder if we'll ever see him again. But he literally outright says, well, yeah, Shane's never wrestling after that. Never again. Beats in the headsets, that's his last match, goddammit, I told him, no glass. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not his last match because he's been back the past few years, but was this his last match? Oh no, he no. has way more. Like, Why you say it then, JR? What are you doing? I, I honestly wonder if they thought, like... I'll be, There's I, no way that he's going to say he's going to throw his toys out the pram, he's not going to want to do this again. All I'll tell you right now, Billy, is without spoiling too many things, but what the plan on paper is here right now is not where the invasion goes. The plan on paper right now is that there's going to be another TV show called WCW that is a separate brand to WWF. So if you're looking at the viewpoint of over the summer, this is what's going to happen. Shane McMahon is going to be the Vince McMahon or whatever of that brand. He's not going to be an active guy. So I guess this might be right to Shane off as that type of performer. But as we all know, we don't get WCW as a TV show. That's something we'll discuss more in future episodes. Main event time! Still no Vince McMahon and Steve Austin's pacing back and forth and the Brooklyn Brawler's like, you have to go wrestle now. He's like, oh, for fuck's sake, I hate wrestling. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin taking on Chris Benoit 
taking on Y2J Chris Jericho for the WWF Championship. Triple H has got the damn sledgehammer! Not this again! No! Triple H in Austin and in Burnley! Jericho's got the... No! Benoit and Jericho have beat Austin and Triple H for the tag team titles! The reason we lost is because Triple H is extremely selfish. So Triple H, I really don't give a rat's ass about you. When it all comes down to it, Stone Cold Steve Austin can beat Chris Benoit same time because that's what kind of champion Stone Cold Steve Austin is. Then I think in the interest of fairness that the main event at King of the Ring should definitely be Stone Cold Steve Austin defending his title against both Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho in a triple threat match. It's a conspiracy two on one and I hope you responsible. I'm going to give you an ultimatum, Vince. You can pick Stone Cold Steve Austin, or you can pick Linda McMahon. You can't have a spoon. Something's gone wrong in Austin's hands. I caught it. My name is Stone Cold Steve Austin. I am a man's man. I am a champion of champions. Stone Cold just from Benoit Jericho and the titles. Mentally, you feel focused? He's cracking. We had basically Austin and Triple H feuding against these two. Now Triple H is gone, and Austin straight away. It was so perfect how they did it. Like they knew almost straight away. Triple H was injured in that match, and he was tore his quad. They knew he was fucked. And even when he's been helped to the back, they had like a little moment for Austin. Like he was walking with him, and he's like, "Fuck it," and he's walked back. He didn't walk to the back with him. Wow. The next night, he's like, "I never needed Triple H. Oh, All he did was let me down and hold me back." So he's like, he's just fucking, everyone is against him, putting up the big barriers. Now, the main thing about this is, you know, we're still just continuing Austin and feuding with Benoit and Jericho. Nothing major happening other than that. Do you know how fucked Chris Benoit is here? No. Did you know it's Chris Benoit being fucked in this match? No, no, I didn't really know. Chris Benoit seriously injured his neck before this match and 
toughed it out and went through it. How soon before this match? You know, the TLC match I told you about, the one on SmackDown. Yeah. Chris Benoit did the diving headbutt from the top of the ring to the ah, outside. Chris now. Through a table. And literally, it's him, and no one's breaking his fall. He just goes straight through and just oh. lands face first on the ground. Fucked up his neck. And I'll tell you right now, in the last few pay-per-views, the amount they have used Chris Benoit is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Judgment Day, he had five matches. <laughs> what? Five? He had a two out of three falls match with Kurt Angle. The first fall was a regular match. The second fall was a submission match. The third fall was a ladder match. Right. After that match, which he lost, he had all three falls he wrestled. It was a long-ass match. You know these two were yeah. fucking... You know, the type of shit that they were doing. After that, that's when him and Jericho entered the tag team gauntlet. And they had to wrestle two teams, two full matches in the gauntlet. Is there ever been a case in WWF history when it's like, it's a guy that we're using, like, let's use him three or four times tonight. Anytime they do that with a guy, that guy always ends up being injured. Yeah. Look at the guys they've had had to be, oh, you can wrestle three or four times tonight. Kurt Angle, fucking neck problems, painkiller problems. Chris Benoit, well, fucking obvious problems there. Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Bryan. Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Anyone who gets put yeah. on that, the only person, one person has managed to do that in recent years and not get fucked up. You know what it is? Mm. Dean Ambrose. Oh, that's true. He's the only one who's worked at, you know, wrestle twice, two house shows in one day, every fucking night, main event. When he was the champion last summer, he's the only one who's ever managed to do this and come out the other end. Luckily, I think his style these days is pretty safe. Play fighting. Yeah, yeah, pretty sensible. (laughs) But did you notice here that Chris Benoit had a seriously injured neck? No, No, not at all. Did not even pick up on that. I mean, I noticed that that he spent a lot of the time out of the ring. Yeah, they did do it, that a lot. It, yeah. They they did use him sparingly, but I but I just put that down to it being a triple threat match yeah. as opposed to nothing um, wrong with Vince his wrestling yeah. or anything. No, he like. seemed absolutely fine. But it's like the month before the pay per view, Chris Benoit was in the Ultimate Submission Massacre Angle. That's an hour long. Yeah. Like, you know, they had a thing where he did a gauntlet match. He fought every member of the Radicals on SmackDown. Fucking it's hell. just, and I think it is is it's not them kind of going, let's get Chris Benoit grind him into the ground it's like I'll do it yeah. I can do it I, of course I can do it no one they're not going to say they can't do it are they yeah. and no. Benoit is now he's getting new he his first ever one on one championship match with Steve Austin like the week previous on Smackdown like he's getting reward for this sacrifice yeah. so I think in ways that's encouraging us oh well, yeah because in his mind it's paying off yeah I, it just what I was I remember that he goes away after this Chris Benoit. He's injured. He's gone yeah. for all of the invasion. This is his last match for over a year. And I remember thinking, what is it that happened to Chris Benoit? And I actually had to research to find out when it was yeah. he actually injured his neck. Because it's like, it's not, is it in this match? He makes it worse in this match. Yeah, I bet. But it's, yeah, he fucking dove through a table. Fuck if you see that hell. in TLC 3, it's fucking sick. Yeah. We'll have to do that one on the SmackDown crawl at some point. Oh. It'll be not nice to watch. Jero with an amazing line as Austin is coming out. Austin was born at King of the Ring 96, but his career may die here tonight. Love it. Brilliant. Paranoid Steve was put in this match by Linda McMahon. Even Vince McMahon in his Hawaiian shirt oh, top that Steve yes. Austin can't do. Oh, yes. <laughs> the reason why Vince wore his Hawaiian shirt was that he was stressed out. <laughs> so you put yourself in like relaxing... <laughs> Areas and clothing. Oh, I love that. It's like you come in. It's like what's wrong? It's like well, Linda's divorcing me, and uh, my son and daughter won't talk to me anymore, and my 
son-in-law is not going to be able to wrestle for a year and you have your problem, Steve, and Shane and WCW are invading and I don't know what to tell the board and I'm, 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 quite, I'm quite worried, Steve, if I'm honest. He's wearing his nice Hawaiian shirt because he's like, I don't want to go out to the ring tonight, Steve. Aww. I'm just, I'm a little bit worried about what's going to happen. And Austin's like, I'll play you guitar, Vince. Kumbaya, my lord. Oh, hell yeah. Chicken soup for the soul. Weird hugs with yeah. Steve. Oh, I, that famous one where Vince gives him a hug and then the camera turns around and you see Austin slowly patting him with this dead <laughs> look in his eye. I'll tell you right now, both Adam and Billy, uh, a lot of times I've hugged you, I've done that. Yeah. And I've not told you. Yeah. <laughs> Austin thinks it's a conspiracy against him. Very, very little focus on the two Chris's in the video yeah. package. Well, apart from the fact that Austin has tapped out for the first time ever. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Bret Hart is throwing something at his wall. Right <laughs> this. At least it was a Canadian, though, that did it. Yes. So. Both of them put him in the submission at the same time. I thought it was the coolest thing ever yeah. as a kid. Unfortunately, anyone who got that one in the playground was going to be uh, seriously, oh, seriously fucked up. Jericho's looking real jacked, baby. He's looking real fucking jacked. A bit too jacked. Can't put them arms down. That's how jacked he is. A lot of people have suddenly swollen up the past few months. I know. It's uh, having great gas here tonight, lads. It's like, oh, WCW's been beat, and we've inherited all their fucking steroids, <laughs> guys. <laughs> WCW's been beat, and we got all their powers in this basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want y'all to put your goddamn hands on it? But Mr. McQuackhammer, I don't know. Shut up, Xbox. You want to go back to Moron Mountain? Huh? Come on, pal. Take some of the power of Lex Luger. Does Austin get booed when he comes out? No. He gets a big reaction. It's like that's it's, the only way I can describe it's, it. It's not cheers. It's not booze. It just waves. Ah! <laughs> like it's, it's just it's in between. It's just like the crowd is all going Austin, 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 Austin. <laughs> I love when Austin like when he normally when he came out at WrestleMania 17, he fucking he owned the ring, he owned yeah. the ramp, he stomps across the four corners. Here he's like halfway and he stops. He's like, "Where's Vince?" Looking behind him. Where's Vince? You know what? I think we went after Austin a couple of times about him being so, like, protective of the gimmick, the spot, how yeah. the character's yes. meant to be. But fair fucks him when he wants to do a different character. It's like, I'm I'm a different character. I'm a heel. I'm, a, I'm All a, in. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He, he clearly knows that he's not going to get the same reaction and he's not, he's not going to be positioned as the top guy in this position. And I think the fact that it's his own idea, yeah. I think he's very much happy with it. Yeah, I think he, he is so entertaining here. And whatever people... Like, he's so down on this run. I think that kind of... You've got two and a half hours of Steve Austin every week telling you in your hair phone, that was fucking shit don't watch yeah. it I hated it it was what it was and what it was was wrong and I hate it but it's gold this is funny it's this wonderful is funny. it's like the broken Matt Hardy gimmick it's like showing a completely different side of Austin and I think it is a shame that he almost tells people not to even bother looking at it like. and he weeds one talk he, just, he doesn't enjoy this no like, I don't think he thinks this is this is good oh, this it's is so good though can you imagine Vince Russo trying to pitch this to him like back in the day, yeah. I swear you're gonna come out. You don't even get in the ring, and you're wondering where's Vince? Where's Vince? Because he's so important to you. Like, Give what? him a stunner for real. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just come out in my beer truck and kill you instead? Yeah. <laughs> 
he doesn't even get to go in the ring because he's like walking to the back he's just like drifting he can't even focus on the yeah. match and Benoit and YTJ just go straight after Steve they start double teaming him and Heyman's like it's two on one I love it every time they hit him he's like that's a two on one yeah. double team double team it's not fair JR it's not fair what they're doing to him I was worried straight away because nine times out of ten when you've got a pair in a triple threat match it's going to be they double team for ages one of them tries to pin and the other one's like hey I want to win and then they Face fall off. out like, they don't do that too do, much they thankfully they do take turns they do like they do Wear a little down. bit in this but they thankfully don't go down that predictable mm. route now we all know that Stone Cold Steve Austin hates triple threat matches he's made it very very clear in his podcast and elsewhere that he thinks they are very very hard to book and he doesn't like doing them and Austin likes to have a fishbone slash skeleton to lay out and obviously the fishbone slash skeleton here is I don't like no triple threat match just take turns instead <laughs> And unfortunately, it is very much one of those 99, like, wrestle, wrestle, one guy leaves, one-on-one, then the other guy leaves, and we just kind of rotate. I'll be honest, I hadn't seen this match since I was a kid, and I remember being a lot more fluid than this. It is very, like, take turns. Mm, I don't like that in a triple threat. Particularly when you watch now, you see a triple threat, like... Everyone's getting involved. Yeah, we saw fucking Fatal Five way and all five guys were in the ring getting involved recently. This just seems a bit old, how they're approaching it. Paul E says, Stone Cold is the most persecuted champion in the history of sport. Fucking hell. I love that. Benoit gets tossed out, him and YTJ start fighting, and there is no like, kind of big, hey, wait a minute, it's like, they were very, very clear from the front, it's like, we both want to be champion, yes. we're a tag team to get ourselves in a position where one of us can be a champion, yeah. may the better man win, awesome, I like that. Benoit and Austin go at it, and these two had serious chemistry, and if you've never seen it, Austin, Benoit, the one-on-one match they had in Edmonton, his hometown, and in that match, he gave Austin 10 rolling Germans in a row. Jesus. You think about the history of neck problems Austin has. Yeah. Like, he's actually like drunk at the end. He's like getting up like... Bleh! Oh, God. <laughs> Fucking amazing. We get our grunt of the night at this point as well. Two hours, 22 minutes and nine seconds in. Benoit hits Austin with a snap suplex and goes a big... Nice lock by Benoit. I feel like there's no good point ever to, to put it in. But we got sent a really good viscera grunt. Did we? Yeah, I'm just gonna put it in here now. It's it's a cracker. It's really really great. If you ever have a good grunt like that, you want to send in, just you know, hit us up on Facebook. Always want to hear. We might have to set up a separate email address for grunts. Separate podcast. Fill them up. You know, sit there and listen to grunts. Grunts like. for sale. Amazing. <laughs> Benoit reverses the stunner and we have a ref bump and then Benoit hits the stunner on Austin. Yeah. Marked out a little bit seeing that. Weird. Yeah. I love Chris as well. Like He's, again, one of those guys who, even though he's being cheered, has not really changed his character. He goes right for the championship belt. Mm. And he's, you can cheer me if yeah. you want. I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking bells Austin. He decks him. YTJ comes in and these two Chris's start breaking up each other's pins, etc. Mm. It was very distracting that JR kept calling them the two Chris's. I hate that. You're not inviting them to brunch in a fucking restaurant. <laughs> the two Chris's will come over. Oh, they're always a good time. Fucking ridiculous. Austin attempts the walls to Jericho. So bizarre. He nearly kills. You see when he gets reversed, he fucking nearly yeah. dies and lands on his head. Really, really ropey stuff there. They bring up Montreal. Why? Why? 
I don't know. This is King of the Ring, mate. The wrong pay-per-view. I think they're saying like, oh, because Vince McMahon like, may come out if he's worried about one going to WCW. He uh, might be yeah, maybe, weak. Yeah. Very weak. Chair gets brought into the ring. Benoit accidentally decks Chris Jericho. I he just, fucking off. I just wrote Benoit goes chair mad. Oh, <laughs> God. It was sickening. It was fucking Horrible. awful. Don't want to get... Benoit and Taker. Two chair shots you don't want to be taken. Austin hits the stunner. And then Benoit hits some rolling grunt plexes. Oh, man. Yeah, one for each uh, suplex. Big grunts. It's the only way you get them suplexes out. You gotta pop the hips, you gotta grunt. The, the suplex comes from the lungs, okay? Austin stops him with a low blow, and we're just getting loads of big moves here now. Walls of Jericho and the crossface at the yeah. same time. Now, we had this in NXT recently with Joe and Sami Zayn, but the referee is like, you know, Austin's tapping. He's like, no one's won. Let him yeah. go. The end. So <laughs> it was kind of a bit, I mean, I don't know. It was, why do that if it's just going to be like, oh, just keep wrestling then? Yeah. Why even let go? Kill him. <laughs> to prove that they can still make him tap, I, I guess. Know. It's strange. Crossface to Y2J, and then he reverses into the walls of Jericho. These two really pick up the pace in the ring. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that's what would happen, is that Austin would kind of get taken care of, and these two would just go at it. Because yeah. as we know, these guys had a great feud at the end of yeah. 2000, start of 2001. While Austin is resting, though, we do get a chance to see him just doing a bit more heel work. He's literally at ringside, like, leaning against the ring, and there's some fans in the front row just jeering at him. And he just sort of looks at them with, like, a bit of a confused look on his face, and then just gives them the finger <laughs> and just walks away. <laughs> Fuck you. Just swearing at fans. I love it. Amazing. And who appears out of nowhere? Another opening shot in our invasion. It's WCW champion Booker T. Looking real jack, baby. He gives a scissors kick to Steve Austin, slams him through a table, and immediately injures him. Way! Oh, <laughs> Austin injured both his back and his hands <sighs> because of this. So Austin is immediately at two people in this match are like on the shelf. Christ. How um, long was Austin out for? Austin was only like a month where like he couldn't really wrestle. It was more a case that he was dinged up real bad. Right, okay. Actually, a lot of the reason why you got all the weird angle Austin hugging Vince segments was because both lads after this were Hurting. so banged up that's yeah. all they could do. Like, was, yeah. we can't wrestle, so I guess we'll hug, hug for a month. Hug for a month. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for a hug month. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Walls of Jericho, but we get the ropes. Jesus Christ, this is where I got really worrying. No, it's now even I forgot about Benoit's neck injury throughout this match. Yeah. It was only when Benoit, neck injury and all, goes for a fucking diving headbutt. Man. The move's not even that good. Like, I don't know yeah, what his obsession is yeah. with it. I, I so think dangerous. It's, like, is it Dynamite Kid? Like, he's modeled his career so closely after him. He did it. Like, Harley Race, who invented this move. Tells people not to do it. Yeah. At this point in time, he was like, "Lo, I, I fucking barely did it at all, and I'm all fucked up. And like, you guys are doing this. Please stop." He said he like at this time he regretted 
making the move. Yeah. He regretted popularizing it. And was like, stop using it. Benoit, right to the end, he was doing that fucking diving headbutt. And I always, I hated it. Yeah. Particularly when he did the one in WCW, the smaller ring, where he literally would just fall forward. Ugh. Why? And Daniel Bryan as well yes. was fucking doing it. Yeah. What is the obsession with this fucking terrible move that hurts? All it does is make it worse for you. I yeah. And he here is with a fucking neck injury, no less. We get a really peculiar end to this match. Benoit and Jericho up the top. A big back superplex. And again, right in the back of his head. Mm-hmm. Two of them are just dead, sprawled out. And Austin slithers in, covers them and wins. I love that ending. It was flat I though, you gotta admit. It was so flat, but my god, the, the heat of Austin. Like This was a man that was the guy. And now he's quite happy just to sneak over and get a superplex pin. Like, yeah. He just stole it from someone else. I fucking love that ending. It was very indicative of the Steve Austin of the time and not yes. the Austin that we're used to. And I think I remember just at the time, I was seeing this, this, this pay-per-view and you know there was no one really to watch it with. And I was like... Pretty sure anyone I was watching this with, I would have been like, oh no, wrestling's still good. Look, look, look. See, there's Steve Austin just crawling in at the end. Oh. <laughs> you know, people people who were turned off and they saw this, they would have been like, well, this is why I'm not watching yeah, wrestling anymore. Fuck this. Back. You have a battered and bruised locker room at the end of this. Yeah. Shane Man's concussed. You've got Kurt Angle injured. You've got Benoit injured. You've got Steve Austin injured. You've got a pretty fucked up locker room here, all yeah. things being said. What did you think of King of the Ring 2001? I mean, for my money, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, and I always thought 2001 was untouchable, but there was, maybe maybe it was the fact that I liked the King of the Ring and some of the other matches weren't as hot. The tag match with the Dudley boys wasn't what I thought it should Mm. be, but still a very, very impressive uh, pay-per-view. Do you think it's up to the standard of some of the other 2001 Attitude Era things we've seen? Yeah, I'd say it still feels like that era of quality. Like, yeah. it was a very, very good show. Even the bad points, it was like, well, it's still entertaining. I'm still enjoying watching this. This is one of those things I could watch this show, 2 hours 40, start to finish in one block, not have to worry about taking a break or anything. Yeah, I'd say this was a much easier watch than fucking Great American Bash 2006. That's right, isn't it, Billy? I'm never going to let that go. Just, <laughs> just so you fucking know. Like, it's never going to be dropped. I mean, I enjoyed it. I guess like what was really stuck with me was the fucking DDP thing. I thought it was mm. one segment. It was like five. Yeah, <laughs> it went on forever. The cracks are starting to show, I'm guessing, is what I'm, I'm alluding to almost mm. in that... WWF are going to find out quite quickly that you can do wrong. And just because you won this war doesn't mean that it's all plain sailing. I worry because I think now having knowledge of WCW and ECW that I'm going to fucking hate this invasion. It's It's going to be so weird and shit as a result. Match of the night, MVP, Billy. Ooh, this is an interesting one. MVP wise, I had originally put down Kurt. But I am inclined to change that now. Purely based on what you told me about Benoit. Yeah. So I don't know, I might have to give it to both of them. Yeah. Kurt, because that's just who I chose, and Benoit purely because of what you told me and what he's done tonight. Uh, so I think they both get it. In, in, for They've me been today. worked hard. Like, yeah. There's no reason, it's no fucking surprise both of these lads are on stretches at the end of the night, I'm guessing. But Kurt was all over this show. Yeah. You know, and in differing things. What was your match of the night then? Uh, the main event. 
Um, I actually really enjoyed the main event. Really? Uh, again, I uh, like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm not a huge fan of triple threats for the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually really enjoyed this. Uh, told a good story, and just seeing Booker T and how like it, like we didn't talk about it, but loads of the crowd just kind of lost their minds. The people yeah. who knew yeah. WCW at least to know. There was, I remember seeing a father and son just like completely standing up, just losing their minds that Booker T was here. Um, and I think it's a really interesting start yes. for what we're going to have. I mean, I think at the time what was really interesting was the fact that no one knew who was coming and who wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I think when you see Booker T and DDP showing up, I think a lot of people are like, this means that anyone is going, everyone yeah. can show up, surely. Sting's Live. next. But oh. like, the, the sad truth is that you've seen the top two guys yeah, they got. Already. That's it. There ain't no one else. Like, you know... <laughs> Adam, match of the night MVP. Match of the night, I'm going to say the street fight quite yeah. easily, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was also a big fan of Edge, Kurt Angle as the final of the King of Ring. That was a hell of a match, but the street fight is just fucking a wonderful story. Both guys gave it their all. They put on a hell of a show. MVP, undoubtedly, Kurt Angle. Yeah. To be able to put on... Because, I mean, I knew in the back of my mind watching this whole show that that street fight's coming up, and the street fight is a big, long, violent yeah, match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was expecting Kurt to be dialed back a little bit. And the Christian match was kind of short, but the Edge King of the Ring final match was a full-on wrestling match. Yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah. they fought, like, and Kurt just, you know, fucking hell of a performer. Great night for him. I'm so excited to see so much more of Kurt. Because, yes. I mean, I mean, I'll say for me, for a match tonight, it's going to be that street fight. I mean, MVP, I want to give it to Kurt. I mean, I'm, essentially, I would say I'll echo you guys, you know, with, with, with Kurt. I will want to say Stone Cold Steve Austin. I just I love this. I love yeah. this so much. This was the first time I could really think as a kid watching a heel and being like really enthralled and enamored and Enjoying not being like it. oh because yeah. everyone who I was used to watch wrestling with they just hated this like it's not Steve Austin but like Austin talking with Tajiri and Austin with his fucking. Just how weird he was, but how dangerous and scary he was. I thought he was fucking fascinating. And I was so happy we got to see so much of that here tonight. But I think Vince McMahon definitely wants to see the old Stone Cold. We may be into, we may be reviewing some of the Raws before we get to the Invasion, because Invasion is obviously quite a jump from now and then what happens. So we may dip our toes in the water a little bit before then. My main question, though, is wondering, did you guys miss The Rock? Or Triple H on this card because they're not here, and those are two guys who owned 2000 and they're gone now. Being truthful, I didn't miss them in the sense that I was sat there like, well, if The Rock was here, this would be a better show. There was noticeable holes in the sense that like DDP and Undertaker had five segments, whereas I think that if they'd have had a bigger star like Rock or Triple H, they would have given you know less time. Yeah, there like won't that. be any more DDP five segments somewhere. Yeah. I think he's got more segments here tonight than he will in the next five pay per views. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really miss those guys. It's just nice to see them. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, like, it'd be if, nice to see them, but we can't. So we can't. So you can't rely on having them appear at every no. show, and they're a big part of the attitude area. Yeah, but we're moving on from that now. So. I would have very much liked to have seen Triple H, particularly in the Invasion, mm. how he would handle things. Would you guys? say and I mean this is what's interesting because I mean I've always been very much to the viewpoint that WrestleMania 17 that's the cut off that's you know Attitude Era never coming back lol is this different oh, it's to the Attitude Era massively I mean, different two pay-per-views removed it feels like it could be years away <laughs> like, it, it, it feels does. it feels completely alien and I'm all for it because it is just like 
it's just crazy how the product can change in two months. The tone is so different. Like you just, it's a completely different feel. It's I guess. like the Twin Peaks revival almost. Like, <laughs> yeah. back and now you've got evil Stone Cold wandering around the landscape. Like, things I are will different. tell you the story. All its twists and turns. <laughs> you sorry son of a bitch. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the AE Podcast. What do you think of King of the Ring 2001? Let us know. And as always, if you're following and subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher, make sure you leave us a rating or review. Make sure you spread a little bit of word of mouth. Let some people know about the Editor Podcast. Is someone on your timeline asking for podcast recommendations when they're not saying music is their life? Let them know about the AE Podcast and what we do. If you are on Twitter, make sure you give us a follow at AE Podcast. And as well, head over to facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast for updates, chances to vote on upcoming episodes, caption contests, and something very, very amazing that's there now, Adam. We've got a lot of micro videos on Facebook. We've got over 40 as of right now. And if you go over there, you can check out all of them. There's loads of little couple of minute clips of moments from the podcast. Feel free to suggest any more if you want me to make one that you would like to see. Also go to vimeo.com forward slash AE podcast. We've got a bit more video content for you there. Billy Keeble. And if you are a fine purveyor of stuff and things, head on over to matthewsbotchamania.com. Stuff. Things. Inquiry. <laughs> wow! I just want to say I love that we've been posting some of the micro videos on Botchamania and someone's like ha 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 jokes on you guys I'm just watching these videos so I don't have to listen to your podcast <laughs> <laughs> and guess what I really like them <laughs> <laughs> so if it's time saving you're after you know Facebook Botchamania page you can check out the videos there as well if you want to support the Attitude podcast you can and not only can you support us, you can also get access to exclusive audio content. If you become our backer on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash AE podcast, a variety of reward backings and a variety of goodies to get your hands on. One dollar just to say thanks gets you access to all of our show notes, which are being uploaded as soon as Kevin gets a new microwave. And as well, if you become a five dollar backer, you get access to our exclusive patrons only audio stream. Do you like late 1999 SmackDown? Well, that's good, because Adam and I are reviewing all of SmackDown with the SmackDown crawl. There are loads of episodes up now. All of them are at least an hour, an hour and a half long. Full analysis on the entire episode of SmackDown. Watch along with us. I will say it is definitely the most mad, crazy, compact, explosive podcast I have ever done. I'm having a blast doing it with you, Adam. It's a good time, isn't it? It's a fucking weird time. And I do implore you, go to the Facebook page if you're not convinced. Check out, we've got a Smackdown crawl section on the videos there. So you can see some little clips to get a taste of what it's like. It's fucking weird is why it is. The Valvina's playing with a cocksock load. It's, ama- it's Stone amazing. Stone Cold shooting pumpkins with a rifle. <laughs> Triple H killing a snake with a sledgehammer. Need I say fucking more? Become a $10 backer. You get access to a monthly Q&A podcast with my bad self where I chat all the news and updates from the Share podcast as well as words of wisdom and reaction to the wrestling world around me for the past month and if you become a $20 backer you get to become our Dan Severin elite group you get exclusive discounts on all upcoming merchandise and all of our commentary track back catalog for absolutely free all the commentary tracks which are available from selfie.com slash a 
podcast chronicling and talking over and ruining all your favorite wrestling movies from beyond the mat ready to rumble the flintstones wwe crossover cm punk best in the world and recently added me and adam did no holes barge you get all those for free if you're a dan severin backer or they're all available as always from selfie.com forward slash ae podcast Big shout out to all our patrons who make this podcast possible. We love you very much and we can't wait to give you access to some more awesome content over at patreon.com slash a podcast. But until our next episode, it's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. Now me, Billy. I hope you're enjoying season three and we'll see you on the next episode <laughs> of the Attitude Era podcast. <laughs> Fuck with